Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. I want people to believe in me, and I want people to believe in me when they taste my beer. That's what it's about. You mean you laid underneath it and tried to put his <laughs> tongue up the bung? <laughs> I like to actually scoop up the yeast uh-huh. and look at it. 7 o'clock came real early that next morning. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks for dumbing that down for us. You did an awesome job. It's all about food and beer. You punch me in the junk. Man, that thing was thick. The point is just beat it like it's your dick. I like to smell it afterwards. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic no. right now? Yeah. Bring your body armor. I ran in my jungle once on a ball valve and a kettle. That's <laughs> a true shape. happy Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Good afternoon, or morning, or evening, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, this recorded Talk session yes. program. Right. Welcome to the session. I'm your host for tonight, Justin Crosley. I'll be here for tonight. Mm. And then what? <laughs> no, I'm here for a while now, I think. You are? We're off next week because it's Memorial Day. Oh. Uh, so that'll be fun for everybody. All right. I'm sure. I'm sure you guys will do something fun. Y- yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, sit at home. You know, maybe barbecue. Don't know. Change a diaper or two. Yeah, well, or five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, hour? Yeah, I'm here until the end of June now before leaving for HomebrewCon, as a matter of fact. Yeah? Yeah, um, which we're all going to. We are. Uh, that'll a be a fact. good time. Uh, let me do this real quick. Uh, today's show brought to you by the fine folks at More Beer, our wonderful sponsor of the session and every session that we do. And if you didn't know, morebeerpro.com offers bulk malt hops yeast, uh, as well as pro fermenters and bright tanks, along with 4,000 other products uh, to breweries at wholesale pricing. So if you've got a brewery, set up an account and save with morebeerpro.com. Man, you you did that like a pro. Thank you. You you and More Beer Pro are the pros. We're the pros in this business. Thank you. Uh, We do have a great show for you today. Our, Our good friend... 
I don't like saying old friend, Peter. Like, <laughs> you know, nobody likes that. Our good friend Peter Hoey is back in the studio with us. Thanks for being with us, Peter. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We even let him hang out in the, for the first part of the show because he's he's a cool guy. Not many people do that. No. I thought you were going to say me when you said good friend. No, 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 no. no. I would no. never. Why would I ever say that? That's work acquaintance. <laughs> That's yeah. about it. Kim Shimke is in the studio with us. Person yeah. most often forgotten on CCD mails. And she got mad at me, I think, at the Crap Brewers Conference because she thinks she thinks I deliberately don't like invite her to do. So she was there on her own accord. We're right, and, and uh, I just I'm just I get busy and I don't I don't know. I tell the whites where I'm going. That's about all I do. I, yeah. I hang out with the whites when I go to events. Well, you like them, and like yeah, like after yeah. three days, she's like, "Well, you didn't tell me where you're going. I didn't get invited to that." I well, didn't I ran into you and Beardy. Are you guys, oh, that's right. She ran into us out doing fun things. Are you guys dating yeah. now or what? What's it was, going on? It's like that. It yeah. feels like it's that. like oh hi. Guys. And I'm like, oh, Hi. God, hide me, Beardy, hide me. It's Kim. Get She's under like, your beard. Kim's going to get mad again. <laughs> you guys met my mom. It's very serious. Yeah, that's your, yeah, we're, we're oh, taking the next step. You back. and Warren are dating Kim. Yeah. That's okay, good job. Nice she work. Was, yeah. She was nice. She talked about how much Kim likes working at the Brewing Network. Oh, so, so they, she's alive. So they must, up, yeah. Yeah, right. they must not talk very often. <laughs> yeah. We're estranged. <laughs> she just happened to be there also. It was yeah. a mother-daughter trip, the whole thing, wasn't it? Uh, not the whole thing. Oh, okay. Part of it was was beer and hanging out with me. There was a lot of beer. My mom likes alcohol. She does? She loves it. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) We did the spirits. We did the wine. We did the beer. Okay. We hit it all up. That's good. Well, there you go. I can imagine those conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Justin and I bonded. We did karaoke together. We did. We definitely got drunk one night, did some karaoke at, uh, you would have loved this place. Did Uh I I already talk about this place? I don't know. Santa's Pub. I think you did talk about it. It's a trailer. uh, It's a double wide. Yeah, I'm getting jealous all over again. It's like Justin's perfect spot. Yeah, you can smoke right in the second part of the the other. Oh, uh, God. You should just move in. What do you call it when it's a double wide? Part two? Yeah. The Uh, double. (laughs) There's a cockroach in the bathroom. Ew, I didn't see that. Selling Coke? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Anyway, yeah, that's right. See, we went out once. Did you even remember that night until I just brought it up? Not really. Uh, <laughs> there we have it. I, I remember it now, yeah. Those are the best nights. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you know fun. you had fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are other people around, too. You know? <laughs> Although they ended up leaving. A lot of them left without yeah. informing anybody. Oh, that's true. It we was had like, like a group of eight or something. <clears throat> When we got there. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those nights where people start to Irish goodbye. Yeah. Or Sully, as we like to call it right. here on the Brewing Network. Um, like Chad. <laughs> Ch- oh, my God. Chad and his owner. Yeah, right. Chad was there? <laughs> Chad was there nice. because uh, he works at a, a brewery. A brewery now, right? And yeah. so him and the owner of the brewery, um, so they came out to, to hang out. And they went to the conference, and we took them with us to Santa's. Yeah. And very shortly after we get there, I mean... I think we had a shot. Yeah. Uh, Chad disappears, apparently. <laughs> but here's where it's funny, because his owner, like, tried to use like use that to disappear himself. Yeah. Because, like, a minute later, he's like, uh, uh, I think Chad's maybe trying to leave. I'm going to go check on him. Oh, that's a good move. <laughs> that is yeah. a good move. It was a good move. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, bring him back in here. Gone. Never saw him again. <laughs> Jeremy from Lagunitas is, is the one who brought us there. Yeah. Brewer over there. Same thing. Like few minutes go by gone <laughs> before i know it's me and fucking shimky just standing at santa's that sounds like a terrible time 
He was drunk enough. It was okay. Yeah, I think I, think I was. I tolerated. I was like, oh, this is great. You're, I don't know why we don't hang out more often. <laughs> and then you forget it all happens. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I think Chad's outside. I'm going to check on him. <laughs> you imagine right. if I had left her? I'll be right back. Oh, God. That would have been terrible. Would it? <laughs> uh well, you were at the Craft Brewers Conference, Peter. In fact, you gave a talk there, didn't you? Uh, not this year. That was last year. Oh, okay. No, this year I was busy opening a brewery and had to pull the plug on that trip because... Uh, Got it. Yeah. Yeah, you just had your grand opening, what, last weekend? Yeah. Okay. All right, we're going to talk about all Two that. Two days ago. But, so you didn't, you didn't go to the conference at all? No. Okay. You know, you, you've been to a hundred of them already anyway, right? <laughs> all you missed out on was a cool town. You it'll know? be, it'll be cool. It's like having a, having a break every now and again and then coming back yeah. like, rebuilds that energy and excitement again. Yeah. So that's what I'm, I was disappointed I didn't get to go, but I, I got to open a brewery. So there's that. There is that. <laughs> that's kind of a thing. Today we are talking to Peter Hoey. Uh, he's just opened the Urban Roots Brewery, uh, Brewing and Smokehouse uh, in Sacramento. Uh, you can go to urbanrootsbrewing.com and check it out right now. And he brought us a bunch of beer here to the Hop Grenade. I've already had the Pilsner. Did you get it? I'm drinking right now. Uh, I was uh, a big fan of yeah, that Yeah, it's delicious. Beer. Uh, wow, I didn't hear JP complain. <laughs> That's, uh, you have no well, idea. Peter's, like that. Peter's, Peter's right next right to me. He's in, our, he's in striking distance. No, you distance. drank it before That's he true. was in, and I didn't hear... One word out of you. That that's, speaks very highly. That's true. For once, I'm not complaining about the, the lack of depth and uh, the lack of quality loggers on tap. I love it. Because this one... This is really good. ...has depth and quality. Yes. Yes, yeah. it does, man. Well, we're going to talk about that here. That'll be our first beer in the lineup after the break. Um, I'm going to get another one of those in my glass. Also, I was yeah. drinking... So I had that first. And then just because I knew I was going to have more, I switched up a little bit. <laughs> well, we got Central Coast uh, Pale Ale on, on tap from, mm-hmm. from Brendan. Oh, so good, too. So I had to switch over to that. So there you go, Brendan. Thanks for the beer. All right. few announcements. Uh, announcements are brought to you today by our good friends over at Drake's Brewing Company. You can go to drinkdrakes.com and check it out. And their Session Fest is coming up um, this weekend, as a matter of fact, May 26th. Oh, nice. It's May, right? It's going to be May, dude. That's it. Okay. For sure. May 26th. Uh, go to drinkdrakes.com. You can get all the details. But, man, they got a ton of breweries uh, participating in that. And uh, That's like Jack it. London Square, right? It's not at the brewery anymore. I haven't been since the first since the first one. Yep, you're yeah. right. It's in Jack London, uh, Jack London Square from 1 to 5 this year on May 26th. There's over 30 craft breweries, um, and uh, they're sharing carefully crafted, full-flavor, and super-refreshing session beers. Nice. Uh, so go check it out over at drinkdrakes.com, and then listen to these announcements now. Um, BNA 13, our 13th anniversary party. That's crazy, Amy. You believe that, that means, Peter, that you've known us for 13 years? Because I think you you were on the shows really early on, like oh, in the first I was, year. I was telling the story of the pub how I was in Studio A, a.k.a. Oh. the garage. The garage, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone said that they were just, in the chat that they were just listening to the show, Peter's show in 2008. Oh, right. Okay. But that would have been his second time on because I'm pretty sure oh. he was on pretty— Ooh, I think six was probably with Bison Brewing. And eight may have been. When that we sounds were, right. I don't know. I've lost track. It's so long ago now. <laughs> look it up here. Yeah, we get, we should we should have an archive. I think it's my third oh. time on. Like all together, that sounds about right. Plus, you did that. Yeah. You've done the FM show with us before. I think. Yeah. Back when that was a thing. Uh, let's see. What's your name, Peter? Do <laughs> <laughs> you have your show notes together, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's look it up here. Uh, let's see. 
Yeah, 2008. 2005. Uh, and yeah, so. Oh, first uh, year. So in 2005, that was with Bison. Uh, in 2008, who was that with? Because there's another one on there. It was probably uh, that was Sacramento, Brewing. Sacramento Brewing Company. And then uh, 2010, Odonata. Oh, so this is fourth then. So this is your fourth. That's right. Wow. That's right. So you've been with us for a while. Well, we're about to celebrate our 13th anniversary, and we're do- lucky number 13, yep. and we're doing it in Portland, Oregon this year. Nice. Uh, we follow Homebrew Con, as we always have. Yes. Although we skipped last year for various reasons. Now we're keeping lucky number 13. Yeah. So tickets are going to be on sale tomorrow. Okay. Awesome. I've already got some of the information up on the website, so you can check it out now. I've, I've had it up on the AHA website for a while, too, when you go look at uh, extracurricular events or whatever the hell they have it listed mm-hmm. at. Yeah. Um, we're going to be at Base Camp Brewing Company. It's going to be on Saturday, June 30th. All right. So, you know, they restructured the uh, conference a little bit. Yes, So the, the the Saturday awards now take place during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the entire event is done by 6 p.m. So our event starts at 6 p.m. on Saturday night. When you're done with Homebrew Con, you've been drinking for three days already. You probably have the beer farts a little worse than we would like you to. Yes. But I have good news. Come into a small room with us. It's an outdoor party. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, yeah. That's right. We're planning ahead. We're shutting down the whole street in front of Base Camp Brewing Company okay. and putting on a street festival. All right. So uh, there'll be beer, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be music. Which um, is almost as good. Yeah. It, yeah. Won't be, it won't be three friends and Sam. See that's that's too bad. That disappoints me greatly. But you know, I that's thought it fine. was four friends and Sam <laughs> who got fired. <laughs> Doc, the Doc got fired. <laughs> we don't have Doc anymore. Oh, three friends, Sam and Shimki. <laughs> yeah, I'm included. <laughs> Sam got promoted. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so. It's going to be a whole thing. You can go to thebrewingnetwork.com tomorrow. I guess if you're okay. listening to this as a podcast, it'll probably be today. Um, and, and we'll put tickets up there. Uh, so you can come party with us, and I hope you do. Yeah. It'd be a good time, man. Looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. We're going to do a raffle. Oh. We're going to give away some things. Okay. There's going to be a VIP ticket available where you can come do a private uh, meet and greet tasting oh. with us, oh. with yours truly's. How much of a cut do we get out of that as an appearance fee? Not a thing. Really? Yeah. Well, neither do I. VIP. You know where that? You know where those all those cuts and fees go? <laughs> no. The BN credit card. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing getting paid this year is the BN credit card. <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, come on out and join us. Go to the Brewing Network.com uh, today if you're listening via podcast or tomorrow if you're listening live. And, um, yeah. You know what we should just do is, like, do uh, what every other company in the world does is get on Kickstarter and try to kickstart our anniversary party every year, like Kickstart Fund. <laughs> that's a great idea. That'd be pretty good, right? Yeah, that's actually a great idea. Yeah? yeah. Write that down. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty funny. Yeah, we threw down a chunk of change on this one because we're gonna yeah. shut down the street and all that. Oh wow! Well, I figured we took a year off. We're gonna we're gonna go big. Plus, it's Portland. You know, it's fun. People go out there. People, yeah. A lot of strippers and drugs in Portland. See, and I'm gonna be stuck at this fucking party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How be. do you not like Shimki? She's 
I know. Are you gonna? Are you going to the uh, homebrew conference? I'm actually looking at flights tomorrow. Don't do that. They got expensive. Like two weeks ago, flights were nothing, and then boom! All of a sudden, they're crazy. They tripled in price. Are you just trying to deter me from going? I wouldn't. No, I I wouldn't even bother if I were you. Don't even look. All day looking at flights. I would look at the Greyhound bus. Warren, you have to click the button on that box, dummy. There you go. Portland's full. Welcome, Warren. These headphones are intermittent. You're intermittent. I know. (laughs) Portland is full. Apparently, there's a there's a a convention going on, and there's a there's a TV Uh, show called like the Marvelous Miss Maisel or some John like that, mm -hmm. and it's set in like the 20s or 30s. Mm -hmm. And there's a convention. Of right. those people in Portland on that weekend. Oh. So if you see a bunch of like old ladies dressed up as 20s and 30s garb, that's them. Okay. And they're like investigators or something like that. So it's a, it's going to be a thing. It's a whole thing. We that's should why them. the whole town got expensive Can because I go of to that? that? I, don't, I don't know if it's just because of that, but that is happening. That will probably be one of the least interesting things How that we you know about this. Someone told me, and I forget I forget who. Okay. It wasn't in like one of your circles where you're like, you're into something similar to that. I, re- I was like, look, I had to make a choice between that or right. Homebrew Con. <clears throat> yeah. Sh- uh, Shimke, if you do go, will do you will you strip club with us? Do you strip club? Have you I've ever? Never, I have, but I haven't been to the ones in Portland. We oh. can't go to one called Shimmers because there is a woman there who doesn't have all her fingers. Ew, we gotta go there. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. We totally. Now, why would you say? <laughs> that? Yeah. Now I'm you know exactly you where he's warning. going. Don't go to Shimmer. I'm actually moving the anniversary party yeah. <laughs> because you might. Two Shimmers. You might lose all your tip money to the lady with no fingers. Oh if she well, can't pick up the dollar bill, <laughs> it could be a fetish thing. I don't know. She has a hand with. She has a glove with tape on it that she picks uh, up all the dollars. Okay. Well, they're more like fused together than missing. It must be so hard oh. for her to grip the pole. Fused together. So she's really good at swimming. So it's the penguin. <laughs> He's got paddles. Yeah. She has flippers. Yeah, uh, it's twenty bucks for a lap dance, twenty five for a flipper dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shimmers, if I two shots huh? of tequila, and I would. And then you're in. Mm-hmm. That's right. it. Two shots. <laughs> Cheap date. Wow. <laughs> All right, so be on the lookout for that. We're, we're going to be in Portland all week for Homebrew Con, and you should, too, get your tickets for that, and then get your tickets to BNA 13 yeah. to come hang out with us. Do it. Uh, you can support the show by doing your Amazon shopping. Just click the Amazon link on our website. You can do that if you're in the U.K. or the U.S., and uh, it's a great way to support the network. You can also subscribe and join the BN Army. For as little as 2 bucks a month, you're entered into the More Beer Monthly Donation Giveaway, which is worth 100 bucks to spend at morebeer.com on, uh, well, beer stuff. On anything you want, baby. Yeah. All right, check us out on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, um, which is where Kim does shit. <laughs> so. Literally. The digital equivalent thereof. Yeah. Uh, send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. You can send show ideas there, too, or you can send them over to Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com and all that kind of stuff. Uh, do we have a Twitter game today? We do have a Twitter game today, Justin. Thank you. Great. The Twitter game is brought to you today by the Wine and Hop Shop. Go to wineandhop.com. They've been uh, locally owned and operated for over 40 years, and they've got great friendly service, um, over 50 combined years of brewing experience, and half of their staff has brewed professionally, so they know what they're doing. But what you really need to know is that Brewing Network listeners get $8 flat rate shipping on orders under 50 bucks. Just enter coupon code BN shipping in the notes field of the shopping cart. The discount will be taken out post-checkout. Most of their items ship within 24 hours, and it's the only place to get Wisconsin Hop Exchange and Gorse Valley Hops grown in Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin used to be uh, the top hop-producing state in the Union. Wow. I don't know what they produce now. Beer. Beer. 
Pasty, pasty people. Yeah. And cheese curds. Go to wineandhop.com and check it out. What's our Twitter game? Well, as you know, uh, Doc has not been here lately. He's been absent. And so right. I think it's about time we try to fill his slot. Oh. If you just calm Whoa. down a second. Call, see, I knew that was going to happen. Just, just chill out for a second. Mm-hmm. So we're now auditioning to fill Doc's slot. So okay. what would you do to replace him? If you got chosen to replace Doc... What would you do? Good question. Thank you. Big shoes to fill. Well, well, short <laughs> sort of, yeah. <laughs> big big hummers to fill. Short <laughs> pants to fill. Uh, okay, great game, JP. Thanks, Justin. I think you mean that. Yeah, I do. All right, All right let's do feedback. Feedback's brought to you today by the Beer Law Center. Go to beerlawcenter.com. Our good friend John takes care of us and our trademark, and he can do the same for you, or he can do your brewery filings for you. Burger. He's a good guy, does great work. Um, what did I say it was called? Uh, what? Beer Law Center. Beer Law Center. Dot com. Thank you. Uh, first email is for Tasty. I think we're going to have to wait because uh, Tasty's not here to answer. He's off in Europe. Yeah. He was brewing with our friend uh, Jan at Outland Brewing Company. Um, they threw a big Tasty party for him because their inaugural beer was called Tasty mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago. And uh, I'm not sure if he's still in Paris now or, or what, but, but he's not here. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty standard question. I don't know why he, like, posed it just to him. I, I already wrote him back and kind of answered him, but I think it'd be interesting just to get some homebrew information on the show. It's not... Oh, you want me to do it? Yeah, it's not something right. that he does specifically, and he's the only one who ever does it. It's kind of just a standard homebrew thing. Okay. Well, that's just how it was phrased. Yeah, he yeah, said, for sure. Uh, Victor is the one who writes it. He said that Tasty had mentioned he pitches yeast the day after brewing, and he wants to know if we can explain this practice. He says, uh, I ask because I don't have a wort chiller uh, or connections for one. <laughs> uh, does he mean like friends? Or, I, yeah. like, uh, or a faucet? <laughs> I have no water where I live. Yeah. Uh, does he cool the wort down to a certain temperature before it goes into the carboy? Uh, does pitching at low 70s make a difference to you uh, when pitched? Uh, make a difference to when you pitched when the chamber is already at your desired temperature? I think he means his fermentation chamber, which is right. 68 degrees. So I guess he's saying the wort might be 70 degrees, but the place the, the carboy is in is 68 degrees. Uh, thanks from Victor. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, guys? Two questions here, really. One yeah. is about pitching the next day. Yeah. Uh, and the second one is about pitching at higher temperatures, right? Am mm-hmm. I getting yeah. that right? Okay. Yeah. What do you think? Well, pitching the next day, like I was saying, it's pretty – I do that. Sometimes in the summertime when I was brewing big batches, um, because I just the, my source water was eighty degrees and I couldn't get it low enough, so I would cool it down as long as or as cold as possible. So in his case, probably an ice bath in the sink, mm-hmm. assuming he has a sink mm-hmm. or ice, we don't know, or a bath, and um, <laughs> cool it down as much as possible. Then put it in the carboy and then put it in your fermentation fridge and then just let you let everything settle out and you just get it to your ideal pitching temperature. Okay. And then it takes a day, it takes a day, and then you pitch your yeast. It's pretty, like, it's kind of just what you have, that's what you have to do. Is it better to do that than to say pitch at a higher temperature, which is kind of his second question? I think so. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, six of one, right? I don't know. Uh, I think it's somewhat strain dependent. Some mm-hmm. some strains are more sensitive to that, or will be more expressive if they go undergo that kind of pitch warm and then cool to whatever your temperature is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of depends on what strain you're going with. With oh one, you probably won't necessarily notice a huge difference. Okay. If if the temperature change is sub 10 degrees, like if you're t- even sub 5, you probably won't notice much of a difference. But in a lager or something like that, you probably could have some some issues okay. compared to if you had pitched at temperature or even below temperature. Okay. Um, 
Peter, so, what do you think? Both of those scenarios make me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't I don't want to do either. But just keep in mind when you're pitching, like what temperature you pitch at, like esters and phenols and all those expressive yeast characteristics are reproductive characteristics. Mm-hmm. So if you're pitching warm, then you're going to get more of those. Because that's mm-hmm. happening in the very first phase exactly. of fermentation is what you're saying. So I, it's, uh, it makes me really <clears throat> nervous to let wort sit overnight to get to the right temperature and then pitch, but it also makes me nervous to pitch warmer and then cool. Like mm-hmm. I've always taken the opposite approach. Like I actually pitch cooler than my primary temperature is going to be to get that reproduction happening a little cooler and then get attenuation faster. Got it. So, yeah, both of those scenarios are not super, like, I, I like, Get some ice, like yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you don't have a wort chiller, cool that thing down as much as possible, yeah. dude. So that's really the problem to solve here is just getting that wort, yeah, yeah, cool yeah. out and focus on sanitation if you're going to wait. Because where, where are you that you can't order a wort chiller <laughs> online <laughs> or have connections for one? Like, I, yeah. And he just could be on a budget, I guess. And I'm in prison, and I just my first one was a copper tube I bought at the you know, uh, hardware store and stuffed it through a vinyl line and like jerry-rigged right. some stuff. Like I was broke too back then. And yeah. <laughs> I got it done. Still figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go, Victor. I hope that helps. Yeah. God bless. All right. Drew writes in, uh, this is about craft beer negativity. Uh, so he says, hello all. Uh, my name's Drew and I'm a home brewer from Connecticut. Hi, Drew. My hometown. Or my That's bo- state. My born town anyway. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, I recently started listening to the session, Very and familiar. I really enjoy uh, most of, most of the programming. Uh, I have noticed an ongoing theme regarding the negative tone mentioning uh, negative toned mentioning about the craft beer industry. Um, I'm going to negative tone your sentence structure right now. <laughs> I was wondering, I was wondering oh, what you are, what you're comparing your West Coast beers to that created the negative feelings towards other beers across the nation. I drink a lot of beer that I find enjoyable and drinkable. I do agree uh, that there are subpar beers being made during this industry explosion, but it's disheartening to hear a radio network that is an advocate for home brewing and professional brewing frequently putting down people that are trying to make beer. I'm not mad. I'm just curious. Thanks for providing all the educational programs. Listen, well, Jay, asshole, this must we're be not mad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I mean... It- Personally, for me, I don't think I don't think we're what did you say putting putting people down who are making beer or something like that? Who are trying to make beer? Trying to make trying beer. to make beer. Well, if you're trying to make beer and you're a brewer, then you're not doing a good job, so you should be put down. There is no try, <laughs> yeah. only do. I tried I tried again, but I just I can't turn it into beer, and I don't understand why. Um, I think it's important for uh, entertainment radio program to talk about. What people like on the show. I personally don't like bad beer, and so I'm going to talk about it if I encounter it. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with homebrewing. I think you know, having fun with homebrewers and say, oh, there's not a whole lot of good homebrew at the thing or the event or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I'm not incorrect, and I'm not going to give you a pass just because you're trying hard to make beer on any level, homebrew or professional. Yeah. If it's funky or if it's not the the... The style that I want, like if I'm going to the homebrew booth and I go, oh, give me a pale ale, and, it's, and it looks more like a Hefeweizen and tastes more like a Hefeweizen, I'm going to think that your beer is terrible. I'm not going to order it again. Same thing on the professional side. Right. Um, I personally think that's okay. Um, I'm not telling – I'm not saying that them per, they personally are 
you know, walnut brains or anything like that or like insulting them personally. It's just the product sucks. I'm not going to call it anybody by name ever, but there's a lot of bad beer out there. There's a lot of bad craft beer. There's a lot of bad home. There's a lot of bad TV. There's a lot of bad radio. There's a lot of bad a lot of shit. Yeah. We just happen to talk about beer. So there's a lot of good beer as well. And, and you know, I do talk about that also. I do talk about good beer as well. When? Uh, about 20 minutes ago. I was talking about this Pilsner. <laughs> That's right. But you, you know what I mean? But there's this, I don't encounter a lot of it. Yeah, and that's my and that's my problem because I I'm 40 year old uh, you know some sort of grown man I know what I like and I know what I don't like and I'm going to talk about what I don't like because to me that's more interesting because there's a lot of opposite uh, opinions in the room about what I don't like and I think it's yeah. fun. Warren, would you like to talk about? <laughs> well, I I think kind of. You were getting there to the point of how boring would it be if we just sat here and be like, yeah, that beer's okay. Mm-hmm. That style's okay versus being having a strong opinion, either forward or against it. We would just be a beer rating site at that point right. where we're just, well, everything's middle of the road. It's fine. It's not great. Or it's really good, two stars. <laughs> right. And and that's to me, is not fun either. Right. It's We're kind of in infotainment. Mm. We're trying to... Uh, educate and entertain at the same time sometimes we do some more successful than others i'm also miserable guy i I like being i like right i like yelling at people so it's fun for me who doesn't like a curmudgeon really i don't who likes a curmudgeon i hate him (laughs) yeah okay um anyway i don't know all right what do you want what kind of answer do you want man no that was not you i'm highly amused victor what does victor want right if, we, if I like a beer, I'll tell you I like the beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like One any of Loma's beer. Yeah, I don't either. I bet if Shimki brewed, I'd hate it too. <laughs> Victor wants unicorns and rainbows. Well, those don't exist. This one is Drew. Uh, Victor is the one who can't, <laughs> oh, wow. the one who can't figure out how to cool yeah. off his beer. I, but I'm talking to Victor. <laughs> Why are you so negative about our feedback, Kim? Uh, all right, so I think what I'm hearing here is um, when when JP is the host of this program, <laughs> it is a highly negative craft beer program. Um, it can be, sure. I oh, that. that was all Dave Marley Avalov. Oh, if we're talking about the last show specifically, yeah, but I, I he said he he wasn't specifically. I can be I can be that for sure because that's what I know and that's yeah. just me. I don't there. I don't disagree with anything you guys have said in terms of you know speaking our opinion is is a good thing and yeah. uh, if if beer is bad calling it bad is a good thing. I do think that there's a, a negative tone about yes. uh, beer in this room probably that that emulates from JP and Beardy probably yes. I, I, well, there are I, many I other hate people IPAs. I hate session beers. I hate <laughs> Pale ales. I hate new beer. I hate the other thing. I hate old beer. I hate fresh beer. I hate aged beer. I hate beer on tap. I hate beer in bottles. I don't like it when you fucking force carbonate it, and I fucking hate it when you bottle condition it. But I love it out of a growler. But if it's good, I like it. Yeah. If it's good, you like it. Yeah. I hate all those things unless it's good. Yeah. So yeah. you like wine? Uh, I do like wine. Some wine's too tannic for me. It looks like yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, Drew, I think I, I will say this. I do like to let everybody be themselves. Um, if and, and I think that there is a good, bad or otherwise, there is often enough a, a free flow environment in here that uh, we disagree with each other in, mm-hmm. in way. So so I, I, I do hope that at times if if JP is and even though it's, it's just an opinion is overly negative, if somebody else in the room has a different opinion, like Tasty or me. We say that, too. Yeah. Well, um, well you. <laughs> right. Uh, 
but you know what? I hear you, and I can hear how over time uh, maybe it sounds a little negative. For sure. But, uh, I admit that. Uh, I also think um, that uh, we all wish that, that beer would just get better and better. Uh, I do remember that when we started the show, I you know went to my first couple homebrew events, and I came back and privately to like Doc and JP, because I was new to homebrewing then. I was like, guys, is it me? Or is all the beer really, really bad? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, it's it's a little rough. Yeah. And over the years, uh, and I would like to think we had something to do with that, um, homebrewing got a lot better. I remember going to like my uh, maybe fourth or so uh, homebrew, homebrews conference mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, this is a whole different world. These brewers are getting it. They're, yeah. they're fermentation. But then there was like another turnaround a couple years ago. I think it's also region dependent for some reason, because whenever okay. you're like in the Midwest, you have more concentration there. Of what? Uh, of, of shitty products. Yeah. I'm not saying, not sp- I just, the Midwest, okay, look, the Midwest is, uh, let me practice wow. my politician. As a whole, the, as a the whole, Midwest. The Midwest is not, I didn't mean just the Midwest because the Midwest is an example, but it's just the first region that came to mind. Right. But I think it is kind of region specific. Okay. Um, because from year to year, I think the quality does vary. What's wrong with me? Oh, no. What am I doing things? Feedback. Um, yeah, this is we're doing feedback, right? Oh, right. Now. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but I think I think effect. overall, and we've talked about it on the show over several years. Overall, in general, homebrew has gotten a lot better. Yeah, and yeah. I know I know we're a big part of that. I know, yeah. and I know we're a big part of craft beer getting better too, because we have listeners who start yeah. craft breweries. The craft beer, it, it, I think, is on, has been on this like a steady getting better, getting better. For I just, sure. I don't know what that little dip in the homebrew was. It's a. I hope it's over. I think it's just growth cycles. Mm-hmm. And it's, it has to do with in either whether it's home brewing or commercial brewing, when you have a large influx of new people, yeah. everyone's got to figure out what they're doing. And I I apologize if my negativity comes across as I'm giving up on craft beer and think it's all over. Mm. No, that's it's me. More, it's more, right. <laughs> it's more, I think, when you have all these, inf- with, when you have this influx of new people, yeah. you need to be honest and point out good beer versus bad beer. Because how else are those people going to know? I, I mean, maybe some do know and they are self-aware, but mm-hmm. I've genuinely met people that I don't think are self-aware and don't know that what they're making is not good. Right. In both uh, homebrewing and probrewing. Cor- correct. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't want my negativity to just come across that way. It's more trying to just be honest and yeah. in, in an effort to help people get better. Peter, anything to contribute to this type of honesty? <laughs> I'm just really happy I brought a Pilsner that uh, has been well-received so far. So yeah. I can't wait for the rest of my beers to come out. There you go. <laughs> All right, Drew. Thanks for the feedback. I appreciate it. Uh, Paul from Australia writes in, um, hello to JP and company. The Flat Tail Show, uh, he says, was really good. Uh, I live in Australia, and I'm far removed from any of the tribulations of the state franchise law. Uh, but I just have to say that Dave Marley of Love Louvluvlu's show was brilliant. Uh, I was angry and laughing and sad. <laughs> Uh, all the way through, thinking of dying, dying Mexican babies, but then picked up with shitty untapped reviews. I did not listen to this program, so I don't know what's That's going fine. On right. You don't need to. The yeah. reference is in uh, in reference to Ballast Point being owned by Constellation Brands, and their Constellation are building that giant brewery in Mexico, mm-hmm. and the villagers are literally rioting, rioting and dying in the streets oh to prevent them from doing that uh, because they're saying it's taking all their water. 
And so we were talking about craft beer and, uh, and Ballast Point and uh, how they're contributing to <laughs> that. Okay. I'm going to make a note to sell my It wasn't negative at all. Stock. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> uh, but he says, great insight, great content, and great causes all around Dave. Keep up the good work. Also, he's loving the Heads and Tails show that you guys do. Oh, uh, look at nice. that. But he says, now I feel I need to become even more of an alcoholic. You do. Well, that, yeah. Yeah. That'll happen. You could pick up worse habits. Uh, that's right. I mean, uh, heads and tails only on thebraynetwork.com. Uh, Neobrew writes in, uh, just finished listening to the Crooked Lane episode of the session. And he says, Teresa, Brew, uh, Teresa was a fantastic guest. You must turn her into a new brewcaster. She contributed a breath of fresh air to the episode. She well, was good. Go. Doc's yeah. replacement. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was quick. Yeah, she was a good brewer, man. And she had some yeah. good beers, and she had some good insight into into making beer. And, you and know. she put up with you guys. So. And she put up with us, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John writes in, this is about that show that shall not be named that we recorded Friday, Lunch Meet. <laughs> oh, wait, what? <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, it's a weird phrase. Silly me saw the new meat to download, and I get a big, unable whiskey dick response. <laughs> I might as well move to North Korea and be forced, forced to listen to Moscow's soundboard. <laughs> now, my years of interpreting Brewing Network listeners yes. tell me yeah. that he, what he's saying is there was a problem downloading the latest episode of Lunch Beat. Exactly. It's yeah. now fixed. Oh, it is? Okay, great. Yeah, I don't know. It's on three different servers, and code had to put it in the right one or something. It's now fixed. Right. Okay. I'll uh, tell. Because I, I was getting some tweets, too, and I was like, I'll just talk to you on Monday. I mean, I put it up right away, too. I was really proud. Like, we finished yeah. the show, and I was like, if I don't get this up today, it's, ne- it's never going to happen. Right. And then, it, no, no, whatever. It's there now. Check okay. it out. Perfect. Uh, latest lunch meet. Uh, or don't. Here's a long one. Uh, we might need your help on this one, Peter. Um, love the show. Just started homebrewing after a 20-year break. Uh, it says kids keep you busy. Um, he brewed all grain from 88 to 99. Now back to all grain. Made a batch of IPA for my first run. Was excited to drink it. Uh, let it sit in the primary for six days. Fermentation died down, so I racked it to a secondary. Another 12 days there. Put it into a keg. Forced carb for four days. Thought I was good to go. I did hit my original gravity, 1055, um, but the FG, uh, the final gravity was a little bit of a miss um, at 1024. He says, I was hoping for 1015. Uh, I thought it might be a little sweet, like a session beer. Um, it's weird. Uh, it's hazy <laughs> yeah. as hell when pulled from the keg. I was very careful not to get the yeast when racking, but I guess uh, there's enough suspended in the beer. I did use in, in, uh, even an inline filter when going to the keg. So my question is, is it the yeast or the residual sugars causing my homebrew farts? That's what he wants to know. <laughs> Only your colonoscopist can know for sure. Okay. Gastroenterologist. Uh, I would think it's the it's the yeast. It's the yeast. Over the sugar. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, do you when you eat when you drink a soda pop, do you fart? Good good question. Thank yeah, you. but that's carbonation. It could also be carbonation, you know. Well, but the beer's carbonated too, so yeah, carbonation. it's not excessive. Well, and the burps. Yeah. Carbonation burps. Yeah. You so. don't fart. Carbonation. It's the yeah. yeast, right? Yeast. <laughs> you turned on her. <laughs> yeast has an effect on your digestive tract, right? Right. Yeah. And if there's an overabundance of it in your beer, right, you it's, fart. it's not going to affect everybody, but it, right. it's certainly likely to do so. And but the sugar, I don't think the sugar. No, yeah. that's weird. Peter, that's a weird sugar way to go. do anything to the guts? No, no. no. I mean, look at all the sugar you eat during the day. That's yeah. right. not in beer. So, right, right. You know. Yeast so. ghosts. 
Yeah, East Coast. I think he's just trolling us and wanted us to talk about farts for a minute. And he knows can, the answer. We can do that. But it's a yeast problem. Yeah. And it sounds like he left a lot of yeast in there, too. Something was wrong with your yeast, by the way. New England IPAs. <laughs> there mean, you go. Well, like, he yeah. missed his, his gravity by right. a fair amount. Yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> let it sit. And, like, it's not like he didn't let it sit there in the secondary for 12 days. Hmm. Yeah, Can you I mean, stop talking about how bad homebrew is, dude? Wow, so <laughs> negative. So negative I'm trying it. to help him um, yeah, figure out what happened here. Possibly, if it's his, his old equipment, he might want to check his uh, thermometer calibration on his mash temp. Could be why he had such a high finishing gravity if he didn't ah, actually mash at what he thought that's a good point, he was Beardy. trying to mash at. See? Um, Beardy's helpful. Yeah. yeah. Ish. <laughs> I could have done without it, but... All right, that is your feedback for today. Very good. Overall, yeah. I think we learned a lot. We loved a lot. We laughed even more. Mm. Kim cried a little bit. <laughs> You've been watching Gilmore Girls, JP, now that you're a dad? <laughs> <laughs> no. Not at all. <laughs> I am not up to date with Gilmore Girls. All right. Before the break, let me remind you about Neshemany Creek Brewing Company. Uh, they've got four straight Philly Beer Scene Magazine awards. Uh Third, three awards for Brewery of the Year. Two-time GABF Vienna-style uh, lager winner um, and a bronze for their smoke lager. Uh, large, expanded, and recently renovated tap room with 24 beers on tap, 18 of which are rotating and seasonal limited beers. A variety of beer styles uh, from hoppy double IPAs to sessionable and poundable lagers to oak-fermented saisons and sour beers. And free brewery tours on Saturdays. You can go check them out at NeshaminiCreekBrewing.com. Next time you're in Philly or if you're a local, get your ass over there. They make really good beer, too. I've had it. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Peter Hoey from the all-new Urban Roots Brewing. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can, featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. 
Brewing Great Beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold. 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Camp Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brandon Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larkspur, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. Thanks for sticking with us. And thanks to our friends at White Labs. If you want to gain more in-depth knowledge about yeast, join White Labs June 6th and 7th Yeast Essentials 2.0 class in Asheville, North Carolina. This two-day workshop will explore fermentation control points, tips for maintaining optimal yeast performance, and how to develop desired yeast-flavored compounds. Attendees will learn methods for off-flavor detection and sensory evaluation techniques of different strains, as well as how to properly troubleshoot different fermentation problems. So if you can't make it to Asheville, no problem. They're offering a webinar version of it. Just register by May 7th to take care of uh, take advantage of early bird pricing. Learn more about the event by visiting whitelabs.com slash education. It's a great way to learn more about yeast. Absolutely. All right. As I said, we are here with Peter Hoey. Uh, he's from the all-new Urban Roots, Urban Roots Brewing and Smokehouse. Got to do my... my Mouth exercises again. <laughs> Did you bring you some barbecue? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were talking about that on the last show. Like, God, I hope Peter brings some barbecue, man. Mm. We're, we're new. I'll be more prepared next time. Please do. <laughs> Please do. So, you guys, you literally just opened uh, this week. Last yeah. last weekend. Yeah, grand opening was on Saturday, just two uh, days ago. Okay. Uh, How did it go? 
it was uh, it was slamming. I mean, I, I we bet. had lots and lots of people. We have a really big space, so we could accommodate lots of people. So it was really testing the brand new bar staff and brand new kitchen <laughs> for like <laughs> everyone. So right. uh, it, on the whole, I'd say it went really well. Okay. Um, so really proud of our staff and and happy with with how well they took care of our guests. So. How big is it? Well, uh, the, just the beer garden mm-hmm. seated is about 175 people. Wow. Okay. Uh, then the restaurant's probably another 175 seated. Wow. wow. And then we have an event space that can do events for 200 people that we just had open. <laughs> Damn. So it's a big space. It's a 17,000 square foot building. Okay. I wish our anniversary party was in Sacramento. Well, I was going to say bring our Christmas party. <laughs> yeah. We need, like, there's eight of us. Right. <laughs> There'd be a lot of space. We yeah. could skateboard. We wouldn't have to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. Great. Tim can be yeah. in one corner and all the friends can be in the other corner. That's true. That's yeah. true. We have to remember to CC her. That's true. Just like I don't even have your microphone on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So typical. There we go. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot you were there. Unpredictable. <laughs> 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 just completely forgot. Poor Kim. Yeah. Slightly misogynistic here. Yeah. No, it's not, not at it's, all. It's, we're Kimistic or something. Kim is the problem. Kimtastic, I think. <laughs> I think she has an issue with us because she's not coming to Firestone. I know. This year. I know. Neither is JP, though. She's acting out. Neither am I. Yeah, she's acting out. <laughs> flashing out. Wait, who's going then? All right, well, let's get into that later. Oh, okay. oh. Right. Urban Roots right now. <laughs> uh, so you just opened. How long has the brewery been in the making? Uh, we signed our lease in January of 2017. Okay. So in terms of like build and like actual like hard planning, that's how long it's been going on. Okay. Uh, I, I, my partner is uh, Rob Archie with, uh, he owns a Pangea Beer Cafe in Sacramento. Yeah. And it's something we've been talking about for almost 10 years. Okay. And like, you know, we always talk about it, it was a problem. The whole project was a promise between friends. So we knew that we would do this together someday. And like that day, just the timing needed to be right. In fact, before I took my job with uh, Brewer Supply Group, yeah. we'd actually formed an LLC and we're getting ready to launch a brewery then. Okay. And I had to go to him and say, like, hey, dude, I really need to pursue this job opportunity. It's too rad for me to pass up. So, so let's get let's lay that groundwork a little bit for those who don't know Peter, haven't listened to the show in a while. So he worked in several different breweries, some we mentioned in the beginning, uh, Bison back in the day, Sacramento Brewing Company, Sierra Nevada you've been at. Uh, you you uh, also co-owned a brewery, uh, Odonata, right? Yeah. Uh, for a period of time. And then uh, left the, the brewing side of the industry and went to work. This is kind of catching us up to now, went to work for Brewer Supply Group. Yeah, so I had the last seven years, well, it's been eight years now, but I was with them for seven years, uh, worked for an ingredient supplier, mm-hmm. so uh, primarily servicing craft breweries all over the country, and I, I was uh, dealing with breweries on the West Coast. Okay. So it was a bit of a departure for me because literally since I was 19 years old, I've worked in production breweries. Like, I've been brewing professionally since before I could drink beer. Got it. And so, like, leaving the brewing like the production side of brewing was like something that was really scary to me but okay it turned into something really challenging like a super deep dive on ingredients and how they're made and what to look for and what's going on coupled with the fact that vsg sells to sell something to nearly every brewery in the country okay uh and so i got to work with some of my peers and my idols and 
get called in to help troubleshoot stuff. So I, I was seeing hundreds of breweries instead of just my one brewery. So And you really yeah. liked it. I remember talking to you over the years about that. You know, I'd always check in with you and how are you doing with this? You you loved it every time I talked to you. It was it was an awesome opportunity. And I mean, I when I when I get I cried when I gave notice. Like, Ooh. I mean, it was exciting to be starting a brewery, but like traveling together and working together in in such a kind of unique environment. Uh, I mean, the the my coworkers were my family. Like, okay. I mean, it was it was something. It was an opportunity that was. I just. I'm still to this day. I'm just so happy to have had, and and a great job that I loved. So what's that feel like? <laughs> Sorry, having well, a job that you like. Yeah. 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 It's not often, by the way. You, it sounds like you had this chance to maybe open the brewery just before you took the BSG job. That's what you're saying. It's not very often that someone turns down that opportunity yeah. for a job for a jobby job. Well, but I'd been consulting. Yeah, I'd been consulting for a while, uh, being self-employed, and I like helped launch a couple other breweries, and yeah. was just doing a little troubleshooting, kind of a hired gun kind of thing, and it was rough. Like, I, my my kids were really young, and like I would be working eighty hours a week, like for two weeks right. in a row, and then nothing, and you can't hire a nanny for like, all right, you're going to work overtime for the next two weeks, and then I won't need you at all for two weeks. So <laughs> right. uh, it was, I was, the steady paycheck was really attractive. Healthcare was really attractive. Yeah. Um, and then the work was interesting and it became something that like I really fell in love with. Okay. So. But you held on to this idea and then why, why was now the time to, uh, to move away from BSG and open a brewery? Uh, my kids are getting older now. So I got, <laughs> done I got with them. Yeah. Know, yeah you done. have employees, yeah. brewery employees now. Yeah. So, <laughs> My kids were getting older, and and Brewer Supply Group was fantastic. But I was on the road quite a lot, okay. so I was uh, I was really good about not missing birthdays and and soccer games and stuff. But I missed like Tuesday night practice all the time for my my oldest uh, my daughter. Okay, and I wanted more of that. And then you know my wife was you know basically rearing three children by herself. Okay, you know, Monday through Friday. So that was a big part of it. Um, and the, you know, the honest, the other part is I, I love brewing. I love creating things. I love yeah. making, uh, uh, making stuff. And this was an opportunity, um, with a really good partner and a really good building to be able to go back to do that. Great. Well, let's dive into the beer then, since that's what you, that's what you left to, to do. You've always been a great brewer. Um, and the first beer I started with here tonight was your, your Pilsner. What's the name of this beer? Uh, Easy Peasy. Easy Peasy Pilsner. Um, and you know what? Does not disappoint. Awesome. Um, kind of a hoppy Pilsner, right? Yep. Um, yeah, but, I'd call it a German-style Pilsner, but it is dry hopped a little bit. It is. Okay. Yeah. But all with German uh, hops? Yep. Yeah, it's uh, Tetanang and Saphir. <clears throat> okay. Mostly Saphir. And he, he knocked out of the park, I think. I love this beer. And pilsners are kind of, you know, I guess there's a lot of things that are the thing right now, but but lagers are are kind of making a little charge, right? That makes me really happy because I've always been a lager drinker. Yeah. For a long time, I was a closet lager drinker because like everybody <laughs> wanted IPAs and right. you know imperial stouts and stuff. And I'd be like, I kind of like Trumer Pilsner. Like, yeah, can I just pound those tonight. I don't yeah. need another imperial stout. Right. And uh, for a while, it literally was something that I wanted. Like, you didn't like announce in a room of craft brewers because like lager was like fizzy yellow beer that you didn't drink. That's okay. not what we do, right? Yeah. And and now the craft lager is a thing, and I'm. I'm so excited because I, I opened with three loggers. I just brought one of them today to, oh, okay. to share. Nice. But I love lager, and there's a market for it. This is our third third number three so far being open for a whole week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's our, our number three selling beer. 
Wow. Like I've already rebrewed another batch of it. Great. I mean, and that just made me happy because I was afraid we were going to come out with lagers and everyone's going to be like, can you please have 10 IPAs on? <laughs> right. Well, in Sacramento, it's always the lager weather. Right. Yeah. 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 It's either 100 or 90. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this beer, lagers, this Pilsner for sure, are very malt-driven, and, and that was kind of your area of expertise at BSG, right? So yeah. I imagine you must have learned a lot about malt over the last seven years, and do you feel like you're applying that in, in a major way now? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Okay. I'm still evaluating it. I mean, I like feel bad. Like One day I'm going to call my sales rep and be like, hey... Like, dude, the, what's going on with this stuff here? Because uh, I've dealt with it all. Through, meaning through the, the oh, yeah. that you can actually t- taste the difference in the malts you're getting. Is that yeah, what you're whether saying? it's the analysis, you know, whether it's the malt analysis that's coming in for whatever I've ordered or, okay. or you know, tasting the malt or just, just being aware, looking what's in the bag. Like, is there stuff in the bag that shouldn't be there? Is there right. like, what's going on? And it doesn't, and it doesn't happen that often, but when it does, if you catch it, that'll save an entire batch. That could potentially save an entire batch of beer. Right. Because, I mean, every manufacturer is fallible. Some are better than others. Uh, but stuff goes sideways sometimes. So, uh, you know, I had I had one customer one time that called me. So RAR used to only identify their different products with little uh, sewn-in tags on the top of the bag. Yeah. It was like a paper tag that was just in the stitching on mm-hmm. the top. Yeah. And I had a guy call me and he was like, your bags are too similar. My guy's mashed in an entire batch of IPA and it was all wheat malt. And I wanted to be like, they didn't. They can't tell the difference between wheat malt and barley malt. <laughs> just like, looking at the malt. Just looking at it. Yeah. So just being aware and things like that. You know, one like, one of these days, like, something right. will come up. And, and <laughs> like, hey, what's up, guys? What kind of thing? <laughs> when you say stuff that's not there, and I know we're not trying to you know get anybody in trouble or anything, but what do you mean? Like, you might notice that a quarter of the bag is something completely different? Or well, you know, it- if it's the end of the bin, it might be exceptionally husky oh, as okay. opposed to having, like, whole kernels. So, like, the very end like of a silo mm. that there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the end of a silo, you know, there's, there's damaged malt that can possibly okay. get in unless there's cleaning and things that happen. Happen. Um, things like that. And then there's some other, like, some of the really small maltsters are very uh, rustic, we'll say. Okay. <laughs> Especially if they take in other cereal grains, sometimes there could be other things in there. Got okay. It. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Does that uh, always play in the back of your mind now, coming from coming back from the supply side to where you're dealing with people that used to be your coworkers, now they're, you're a customer of theirs? Hmm. Sometimes, but I feel like I'm, I'm not going to bring something to their attention if it's not like worth bringing to their attention. Because you know, I'm again, I'm, I'd get the phone call where I'd be like, "Seriously, you're calling me about this?" Mm. And like, if I bring it up, it's I, I feel like there's something something going on, something they should know about. Right. Mm-hmm. So okay. Well, what can you tell us about the malt bill in this Pilsner? This is 100% Weirman Pilsner malt. Okay. Well, sorry, 98% Weirman Pilsner wow. malt, 2% acidulated, and that's it. Okay. It's one malt, two hops, dead simple. Dead simple beer. Got it's, it. This beer is all about water chemistry, process, um, and um, yeah. Okay. This, it's a, this is a very process driven <clears throat> beer. Like it's <laughs> it's not a kitchen sink recipe. Got so, it. So you start with really really good malt, really nice hops, and then don't fuck it up <laughs> <laughs> and, and wh- ferment it warm. And what right. kind of water chemistry do you have to do there in Sacramento? Uh, we have beer? really, really soft water so I can build whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a little more hop forward, I do add a little bit of gypsum. Um, and I do a fair amount of calcium chloride in this beer, one to push the pH down a little bit. And I think it accentuates the malt a little bit more. Okay. It gives it kind of a fullness, mm-hmm. um, which is a weird thing because with this beer, you want it to be crisp and snappy and not necessarily malty. 
but we put really nice malt in there, so I want you to be able to taste it. That's a good point, you because yeah. it, the good ones are crisp and snappy, but if I don't taste a malt in a pilsner it's just not very good i in fact i can usually tell the different you know an experienced uh lager brewer uh from one that's not if you don't it has to have that little bit of sweetness right that like just that clean german sweetness uh, almost a little honey flavor to it i don't yeah. know mm-hmm. um yeah so it, it definitely shines through in that and um, what are the ibus on this this is ru- just under 40 okay so it's it's, it's hoppy on the spectrum yeah do you think, did Matt, like, open that door? Did Firestone open that door, you, you think, for everybody on the hoppy Pilsner side with, uh, with what's it called? Pivo. 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 Which oh, ever, ever, yeah, I've never met a person who doesn't love Pivo. Oh, right. that's, that's um, my Desert Island beer. So we did, we did a whole series of collaborations before we opened, and we did all these interviews uh, along with them. And not, not everyone's, like, made the cut for our, the videos that we released. But I would say out of the four breweries we collaborated with, I think three of them called out Pivo as right. their, like, Desert Island. <laughs> Beer. Right. It's a brewer's beer. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. It's like crisp and refreshing, but bitter and interesting. Like, right. it's in my fridge all the time. Yeah. So there's, there's, I'm, there, I'm not. Throw. I mean, this beer is absolutely inspired by Pivo. Okay. I tried to put my own little twist on it. But yeah. It's like, you know, that's it's a beautiful beer. So okay. I'm loving it. Yeah, <laughs> it's great, man. That's great. Do you uh, filter it or yeah, how do you get so clear? This beer is filtered. Oh, okay. Yeah, all my lagers are filtered. What kind of filter are you doing there? Plate and frame. Okay. Yeah, I almost took a picture of it and put it on Instagram and said, you young brewers might not know what this is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is that thing? What, what, what micron are you going down to? This was a, uh, the range was a four to eight micron. It's just okay. enough to get the yeast out. Sure. Okay. Like I do, I do, because this beer is a little bit bitter, I do make a lighter lager than this mm. uh, for our kind of light beer offering. Um, and uh, that one... Well, that one had seemed to have a little bit more haze to it, um, but I wasn't. I just wanted it to be bright. I wasn't going for the super super brilliant. Okay. okay. How long did you lager it for? Uh, it's a forty five day beer. Thank you. So, don't you think? Do you know if there would have been a difference if you didn't filter it? Because that amount of lagering does a pretty damn good job, right? It was pretty clear. I was able to move uh, through my plate and frame, uh, which is pretty small. It only takes like 25 sheets. I pushed uh, 90 barrels of beer through it with no problem because all the beers have been lagering for so long. So you yeah. lagered it, and then okay. you filter it after. Yeah. So did you take a look at it and go, ah, I still got to filter this It thing. was pretty bright, and okay. I thought for like a second. I can probably get away with just serving it as is. Yeah. But the problem is going to be once we get into production and we're producing other beers, like these were the lagers were the first beers I brewed. Okay. Not because, I mean, well, I love them, but uh, they take the longest. Sure. So you could start early before you were open. Every yeah. every interview, they're like, "What's the first beer you're going to brew?" And like, the real answer is the one that takes the longest, not yeah. like the one that I'm most excited about. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, no, so like they got they got a good lagering time. I'm still going to do that because next time I might be on a different generation of yeast or the water chemistry might be a little different and, and I'm going to need to filter it and I want it to taste other than little tweaks I'm going to make along the way, you know, reasonably close to this every yeah. time we brew it. That's a good – that's planning ahead more than I've really ever heard, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, everything could be fine now, but let's make it consistent and plan for any eventualities. For later, yeah. That, that something might go wrong. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty good advice, actually. New brewers. It's almost like he's been in the industry for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right, and then the next beer in our glass, uh, 
is a, is a saison. Yeah. Now, of course, you've, uh, had, you've had one of these for me before. Yeah, you were known yes. known yeah, right. for these for a while, right? They um, were they were uh, borderline magical. Yeah, they're stu- they are still stuff of legends among some of our friends. Is that right? Oh yeah. Are people still hoarding some of those Odonata bottles? Uh, well, I know like Danny Deneen, like yeah. he can't stop talking. About Peter Hoey's Saison. Yeah, well, right. Peter, oh, period. Okay. But, like, about his Saison, you just can't do it. Right. I love that guy. We, we got him into the soft opening. I was like, dude, you That's have nice. to go. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. you have to, man. Yeah, I bet he was smiling the entire time. Oh, right. Yeah. Five minutes after you invited me, they invited me. They were like, hey, we're going. You got to come with us. And I was out of town. He asked. He's like, can we invite Justin? I'm like, oh, shit. I forgot to invite Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great. I'm Kim Shimke now. Yeah, yeah. How do you think we feel? We didn't even get, we didn't even get the Justin. B team. No. no, I can't go. No one else in the brain network can go. It's fine. That's why you're not. Never mind. Oh, wow. You want to talk about Firestone again, yeah. Kim? Or okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, That's why you're not going. In honor of me not uh, This is a great. Another great Saison. Saison. This, was, this was the very first beer brewed on the new system. Mm. It's like kind of like an orange zest kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but, do Saisons take longer than lagers, or why did you make this the first beer? Because that's the yeast that was ready first. And oh, okay. uh, this is primarily DuPont, and DuPont can just decide to stop fermenting at, you know, 6-7 Play-Doh. Oh, and uh-huh. so I wanted to be ready for that, to, like, be able to give it a month in the fermenter if it needed it. I see. And this this batch did. It, it took a while. Is that all you – so if the DuPont stops – there's not a thing that you do. You just wait. Yeah. Oh, by okay. the time, by the time you get to that, well, <laughs> you don't like that a, answer. It's a staring <laughs> contest. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to blink? The thing that you do is before you pitch your yeast, you pitch a blend ahead of time. At that point, you can try and krause in it. You can try and shove other strains in there. But now, all the easy to eat sugars are gone. There's no oxygen. Like it, you're you're fighting a losing battle of trying okay. to pull it out of that nosedive. So I do use mm. a blend that does this does have some other yeast in there. Okay. But it's at very very low levels. And it kind of changes. Like, I'm still playing with what that looks like. But, um, but yeah. So, yeah, classic Saison, stainless fermented, not uh, no Brett, no PDO, no Lacto. Um, it was fun. We got invited to serve this beer at uh, the Rare Barrel for Allagash's Saison Day. Nice. And we were one of two stainless steel fermented Saisons. Temescal was the other one. Okay. And uh, all, every other Saison that was poured there basically was all uh, mixed fermentation or barrel So they're all barreled. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So I like this. It's du- like Saison DuPont is still one of my absolute favorite beers on earth. Mm-hmm. And this is absolutely inspired by that. So I... Mine's a little fruitier, maybe a little bit more bitter, but that could be just because it wasn't shipped halfway across the world and had time for that. To <laughs> That's true, out. yeah. So I, I love it. It, it doesn't. It, it it's kind of a. I don't want to say a new school take on a Saison, right? Because it's kind of played out. But it's kind of a new school take on a Saison. Like, it, <laughs> it had, kind of has some flavors that I don't really associate with a Saison. Okay. So maybe it's more West Coast mm. Saison, but it has those those real nice peppery flavors at the end mm. with that kind of um, that orange zest, almost yeah. candied orange kind of thing. That's The, the combo's the, really good. It's the candied part. I, get a, yeah. I, I didn't know what yeah. to say, like rock candy or candied something. Mm-hmm. Um, not that's, the kind that's over sweet the kind that just has a little like substance to it like um trader joe's mandarin orange slices okay yeah 
tastes like that. There you go. Yeah. Trader Joe's. A lot of the a lot of the orange in this is coming from the. Uh, this is primarily Styrian Goldings, and that is just mm. like when you get really nice, like Salea Styrian Goldings, it just screams orange marmalade. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's where that mm-hmm. note yeah. is really coming from. Yeah, that like that rock candy thing you're talking about. I mm-hmm. get that a lot in my box and Bach beer beer that's been mm-hmm. like stored. Like, I, I th- yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's like a uh, it's like a almost a. Uh, a long-term lager characteristic hmm. like it, it's this malt note that's sweet but not cloying yeah like, is it malt dependent like or is it any any base malt would do that i don't know okay I don't know. what is the uh, finishing gravity on this this got down to two and a half and that was hmm. higher than i was hoping for on it actually usually my okay. spec is 1.5 okay um but uh so it's it's dry but the next batch will be drier. It even drier. Okay. You're talking Play-Doh for yeah. the homebrew listeners. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I forget the conversions now. I apologize. That's okay. So it finished at 10.10. You were shooting for 10.06. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That sounds about right. Wow, 10.06. That would be super dry. I like yeah, dry I've saisons. Got, I've got one. I have a rye saison that we're going to push into the fooder tomorrow that is at like... It's at one Play-Doh. Wow. Right yeah. now, and I need to, like, I'm going to need to find some sugars for the bread and everything. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. too on there. It went too far. Wow. Yeah, Saison's yeah, can get below one. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's like a brute, a brute Saison. Oh, you're on to something. <laughs> hey, that's a new style. <laughs> yeah. Invented by me. Yeah. <laughs> now, you mentioned really good hops. Um, of course, new breweries uh, have some difficulty getting their hands on a good amount of hops and maybe good quality hops, but... Being in the industry for a while, and even on the supply side, you got a little leg up, making sure you got all the best hop <laughs> right. contracts or what? I don't mean anything illegal, but I mean, come on. Like, hey, it's Peter, guys. Uh, <laughs> opening a brewery, uh, you're going to need to sign me up for some good hops. Like, we, it had to be easy. We sold, well, no, I couldn't get everything. I'm on, I'm on a waiting list for next year for a couple of varieties. Okay. Um, you know, there's still some that are, there. there's a, uh, you know, the, the market's swinging the other way. There's a good glut of, oh, okay. of like mm. nice IPA hops right now. Sure, but I mean, Galaxy's still hard to come by. Yeah, I had to like that one. I had to pull strings to get. Got and it. and with none of none of my supplier friends, that all came from other breweries. And okay. I was like, oh, I remember writing this contract. Uh, are you guys still long on that? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you knew how much everybody had. Yeah. So I will only have that advantage for like this year. Right, now right. and then it'll be I'll be so I'll be too far removed to know that. But uh, I did call in a couple of favors for that because I do use Galaxy and some of my my hoppy beers. Okay. But you know it's yeah I mean it's but. At the same time, that's all networking too. Like you go sure. out and you go to events mm-hmm. and you talk with other brewers, and they they mention like I'm long on this. And you're like, oh, let me grab a box. Oh like, yeah, that's just part of being plugged into the community. If brewers aren't doing that, you're doing yourself a disservice. If yeah. you're just yeah. waiting to find hops that you know that they they send you the list and you just choose off of right. that, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Galaxy's not going to fall in your lap, right? Yeah. Uh, do they have uh, like at CBC a uh, I don't know like a brewers bulletin board? Where you can share that shit easily, that'd be kind of cool. Maybe well, like you can the, network instead the of the Lumulin Exchange yeah. has done a really good uh, yeah. job of kind of streamlining oh. the uh, secondary market. So okay. there's uh, it's LumulinExchange.com, and we actually at BSG used to refer people. They'd call us and be like, "I have too much Cascade," and then we'd be like, "You should post them on Lumulin Exchange and sell them there." Yeah. Um, so they've done a really good job. So there's this whole secondary market 
of brewers selling to brewers, like brewers that are over-contracted, whether they mm. just bought too much or they're uh, discontinuing a brand. That would happen a lot. They'd oh, be okay. like, because you sign hop mm. contracts for like three years in advance. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're with a big brewery where marketing makes the call, like, we're not making this IPA anymore. Right. And you have three years of that hop. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be able to sell that. You can't, you, you don't just get out of those contracts. Right. right. So um, that that website has done a good job of kind of, you know, uh, adding efficiencies to that secondary market to like get people have too much in the hands of people that don't have enough. Mm-hmm. So it's Got also it. allowed a gray market for Galaxy and, and the rare hops in particular to, yeah. for it to gouge people. I too. am not a uh, fan of that. We will, yeah. we will, like, we have an internal policy. If we see somebody selling hops, like those rare hops for 40 bucks a pound, like, we're not collaborating with them. Like, oh, we're wow. Not, we're, Good. So that's, yeah. that's just breweries just supermarking no. up to well, or, or over contracting. Some, and some of it selling. is intentional, some of it is opportunistic. Sure. Um, okay. But yeah, I'm absolutely, from a supplier side and from a, uh, from a brewer side, like, that sucks, dude. Why would you do that? So they hoard up in a contract more hops than they actually need, yeah, and then sell them at a at a pretty elevated price. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, their contract might be for you know fourteen, fifteen bucks a pound, and they'll sell Galaxy for thirty, thirty five, forty. Wow. Right. So and they knew they willingly contracted more than they needed. Well, it to. hit me on. Well, you know, maybe maybe they <laughs> did have <laughs> right. something discontinued, and then they're unloading, in and that's cases, kind of more yeah. opportunistic rather than like calculated. Okay. But I mean, what sucked on the supply side is. I would get phone calls to be like, dude, I just paid $30 a pound for Nelson and it showed up in a BSG box and screw you guys. And I'm like, oh. and I'm like, I had Whoa. nothing to right. do with that. Yeah. That was absolutely not me. Talk yeah. to the dude you bought it from. And, and secondly, why did you pay $30 a pound for it? Right. You're facilitating this. Yeah. Yeah. So. Dumbass. Yeah. You wanted to say that, didn't you? I said it for you. It's well, okay. I'm just like, we, we won't participate in it. If there's something I really need, I'll just wait. Until I can get it. Like, if there's a beer that, like, I'm not writing any of those beer, any of those hops into recipes that are going to be regular beers. Um, But, yeah, I don't want to engage in that. Right. What a mess. People are dicks. Yeah. That's true. Why are you so negative? Why are you both so negative about the craft industry? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, brewing is 99% asshole free. It's that 1% that are are opportunistic on the Lupin Exchange. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm sure we've talked about this on your last appearance about Saisons, but just real quick, what's your uh, fermentation profile of this? What temperature do you do it at? This particular beer is uh, classic DuPont, so we're pitching at about 70 degrees, Mm -hmm. and then the jackets get turned off. Um, I've been capping it at 85, and that's right about where it's been getting to. Okay. Um, I've had it just, and that depends on fermenter geometry and volume and all these things, like how warm it gets. Yeah. Um, but we do a really warm fermentation on this, so it's it's wrapping up in the mid 80s. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, I just I get just like a lot of those lovely like really deep fruit spicy notes are coming from that. Yeah. Uh, we have another one that I didn't bring on this trip. Uh, that is a small saison, a 4.8%, like just session saison, basically. Yeah. And we do a really cool fermentation, and it's much more like floral and fruity. It, it doesn't have any of the, the spice. Um, it's almost wit beer like. Um, so, you know, you can use the yeast in different ways, but I, I like how, I like for the classic saison, the really warm fermentation temperatures, specifically with the, the DuPont yeast. 
Worked perfectly. Tastes great. Yeah, it does. All right, we're going to take us a quick break. We're going to come back and try some more beer. Um, This segment has been brought to you by craftbeer.com, home of the most powerful brewery locator in the universe. Whether you're traveling in a new city or planning your next beer vacation, head to craftbeer.com and explore the wide world of American craft beer. Find everything that you need. What beer are we going to try when we come back, Peter? Uh, we got the pale ales on the next round, so we have a I have an unfiltered pale ale and a West Coast IPA for you. Oh, are you ready, JP? I'm ready, baby. Give me some pale <laughs> ales, bro. Need them in my I life. Brought, I brought the Super Merc just for you. Right, it's oh. unfiltered. Oh, yes. Well, unfiltered is fine, but intentionally cloudy, no. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with more from Peter Hoey. Hang in there; it's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises blickman engineering has the answer the blickman brew easy all grain brewing system the brew easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design perfect for any size brewing location at its core the brew easy is built on two gorgeous blickman boilermaker brew kettles a high temperature march pump and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater the brew easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack 
stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. Hey, this is Brendan from Central Coast Brewing. You're listening to the session on the Brewing All right, what's happening? Thanks for sticking with us. We got more to do. We got more beer to try with Peter. Uh, but first... Suds Dud Society. It's a brewery t-shirt membership where members receive a t-shirt, promo item, and a homebrew recipe from a different brewery each month. Small independent breweries throughout the U.S. will be chosen for excellence in the craft. A portion of each membership will go to the highlighted brewery and to sponsor a local homebrew club in the area. So lots of great things for breweries and homebrew clubs here. Join the society by going to SudsDudSociety.com and use coupon code BNARMY at checkout to receive your discount. Support small beer, one tea at a time. Man, I love that homebrew recipe portion of that. To me, that's yeah. that's worth that's worth it right there. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Nobody does that anymore. Sharing homebrew recipes. <laughs> Nobody. What do we know? Zero people do that. A lot of people don't do that anymore. Uh, all right, Peter Hoey from Urban Roots Brewing and Smokehouse is here, and we've got a couple more beers uh, to try. What's in front of us now, Peter? Uh, first beer in front of you is. Uh, called Nice to Meet You. This is our uh, official opening beer. Uh, it is a unfiltered hazy pale ale. Okay, hazy. So not uh, you, you're not calling this a <laughs> New England IPA. No, or it's New just England pale. An, it's an unfiltered hazy pale ale. Yeah. Okay. Get your negative earplugs in, everybody. Yeah. So <laughs> negative so beer attention. <laughs> no. trigger, trigger warning. We've tried to. We're not doing anything radical. I mean, we're not trying to like reinvent the wheel here. But I mean, it's not. Uh, this would not do well in a northeast style. You know, the style guidelines that are emerging now. Hmm. So it's it's kind of its own thing. So we're just making a point to call it like say it's unfiltered to indicate that it's hazy, but it still has bitterness is the biggest difference. Yeah. So. I don't know. It we'll does, see. but it still has a, that we'll creamy mouthfeel yeah. that mm-hmm. the the hazy kids are looking for. Yeah, hazy kid. The hazy I kids. grew up as a hazy kid. <laughs> now look at me. I He's thought right. hazing was a bad thing for I children. Can't hold a job. <laughs> what do you think about this, Justin? I like it a lot. You know, we were talking during the break. Peter does not put IBUs on his beers. He does not advertise the IBUs. Hmm. We're talking about just kind of brewing trend and. You know, yeah. what people are ordering by and, and all that, because people are ordering by haze. We've talked about that before, which yeah. is irrelevant. But they used to be ordering by IBUs, and he's like, I don't do that anymore. I thought that was really interesting. Why not? Uh, I think it's not an effective descriptor of the beer that you would be served. Hmm. So uh, you can have a beer, you know, the, the, the generic explanation I use is you can have a beer with 100 IBUs that has no hop aroma, hmm. and you can have a beer with near zero IBUs that has explosive hop aroma. So do you instead include descriptions on your packaging or, or will include descriptions on your packaging that, that gives more insight into the beer? Yeah. So in the, in, the, in the restaurant on our menu board, we use three-word descriptors. So like it'll okay. be the beer name, and we do report alcohol, and then the style. Uh, in this case, we say hazy. Um, 
uh, or hazy pale ale, or un- we, this one we say unfiltered pale ale. Hmm. And then the three words for this one I think is like citrusy, soft, and something else. And that that soft is kind of the key word that we're queuing off of sure. for whether it's New England or whatever you were looking for, the, the, the softness that people like in that style of beer. Mm-hmm. Since you won't so. tell anybody at the brewery, could you tell us what the IBUs are in this beer? <laughs> 35. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. I mean, it's still something I calculate when I'm formulating the recipe because it matters to me and sure. how the beer ultimately mm-hmm. uh, presents. Mm-hmm. But it, like I said, I just feel like it's not an effective descriptor of the beer to most okay. people. Okay. Where where does the haze come from in this beer? This is all it's all yeast. Yeast, okay. Yeah, it might have some polyphenol haze because it is dry hopped with like two and a half pounds per barrel for a for a pale ale. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. but yeah, it's it's yeast. There's no other. There's no no tricks. Like it's, is it just a non flocculating yeast? That yeah. The only way you could have gotten rid of it was to filter it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of that. It's you know just a huge hop load. Um, this beer does have a lot of malted oats and wheat in it as well, hmm. so it doesn't get you know uh, whirl flock in the kettle. Okay. You know hmm. I'm, I'm doing things hmm. to make sure mm-hmm. that it stays hazy for a while. Yeah. Because um, one of my one of my objections to the style is how inconsistent it is when you get it out into the wild sure like even even one keg of this that goes to like if we have an account that sells a half barrel a week like that's a great account like you wouldn't want to lose that account mm-hmm. but even in a week if a keg sits undisturbed in a walk-in the first pint's going to be really cloudy and the next a little bit less and a little bit less and mm-hmm. by the end of the keg it could be completely clear right yeah. and yeast has flavor that's the one thing that the you know the haze bros and the clear guys like agree on like <laughs> like flavor. it or not, it's yeah. flavor. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've never heard the other side. I've, Hayes Bros. Hayes I've heard, Bros. but Clear Guys have never heard. <laughs> I just yeah. made that up right yeah. now. It's I kind of love world, okay. the world premiere yeah. of that. Clear Guys. Right. I'm Scientology guy. Guys. Yeah. yeah. So we agree. Like, everybody agrees that like it has flavor. And so if you have same beer, same keg, same bar, and the first pint on Monday has a great deal of yeast in it, and the last pint on Friday is crystal clear, yeah. you serve two completely different flavors, two completely different beers from the mm-hmm. same keg. And that drives me crazy as a like, classically trained brewer. Yeah. So um, I'm adopting the style. We are brewing them. So we have we have a hazy IPA in addition to this one at the pub right now, and there's more coming as soon as mm-hmm. those tanks empty because um, that's – I mean, that's the – we, I mean, even like Rob and I, like some of these, I like to drink. Like I, we were crushing this beer. Mm. Like it's under five percent, huge hop flavor, like nice body. It's you know, it's it's this beer we're we're drinking. So I'm not like purely like clear beer guy, but it's I don't know. It's just one of those things where you can. Uh, I, I'm I'm honestly struggling with it now that I'm back in production because I want to make beer like you're trained to make beer that's going to be shelf stable for yeah, three months, right. five months, nine months, yeah. and then you're doing this. And what where I kind of turned the corner on, and then when I decided we were going to brew these at Urban Roots, is a conversation I had years ago with Tim at Cellar Maker, mm-hmm. and. I express those same concerns. I'm like, dude, this is like, this can't last. Like, it's bad for consistency. It's bad for uh, uh, shelf stability. And he goes, we don't, he goes, we sell out of beer in seven days. Right. He's like, an entire batch is gone in a week. He's like, it doesn't, this is, his exact words were, this is lightning in a bottle. Yeah. So if you can sell through it, 
then it's something we can do. Like so, this beer. Well, the one in front of you, we brewed a thirty barrel batch of, but uh, all of our the hazy IPAs that are coming out, we're only brewing fifteen barrel batches of, and they'll sell mm. in a week or two. Like okay. we want those beers to sell out and turn over and stay fresh, and and if that means we're out of them for a little bit, then that's better for beer quality. So, and that's the you know it cool. kind of fits the new the, the hyper local market that's happening where large regional breweries are are starting to have a little trouble, but hyper local breweries are doing better than ever. So selling out a beer in seven days at your local brewery to your local patrons is it's not really a bad thing. Yeah, so yeah. I'm still I'm I'm wrestling again with exactly what that means for my brewing style, but that's well, kind of the approach we're to, taking now. Don't you yes, you've been trained to uh produce uh the types of beer you're talking about, you know, uh, classic styles, uh filtered, clean, shelf stable. You've been trained for that. Um you've also been trained to sell beer that sells or to make beer that sells. Well, we got <laughs> so, employees to pay and lights to keep on, so And it, well, but, I just I've always said like I just think it's a little dumb sometimes when people come in and go, I'm you know, never going to brew that. And it's the most popular beer style in the country, right? And I go, okay, well, that's fine, but you're a dumb fuck because you're in business now and uh, people want to give you money for that and you don't want to take their money. And you have to think about that stuff. Yeah. I'm like I'm like everybody's wife now. I'm like, hey, you're not thinking about this stuff. And now you got to put some money. In, you know, it's got to put food in this fucking table. Yeah, I mean, we, we when we when we did our soft openings last week, we had the Pale Ale and we had a West Coast IPA. And the day we released the West Coast IPA, that was the number one seller. Mm. And then on Friday, we released the uh, the pretty pretty cloudy IPA. Yeah. And it's like, it's not even close. It's the number one seller. Right. Just like, shattered. For it. the whole yeah. week we've been open. But, it's, <laughs> but like, right. it's like, I mean, I'm watching all the numbers to figure out because I got to decide, like, am I rebrewing this beer? Are we going to brew sure. different beers? Like, right. what are we doing? And... You know, it's it's the the consumers have have spoken. They've spoken. And I'm Is not the, saying, by the way, I'm not saying produce bad beer because it makes you money, right? And nobody's saying that. A brewer like you will figure out how to produce, uh, like you've done, a really nice uh, hazy beer so that you fit both. You, you've made a good beer. And then the consumers, they want it anyway. Yeah, we're trying to do it thoughtfully and still, at the end of the day, it's all about good beer. Yeah. So. Is the hazy IPA also a bit bitter for kind of the, the normal style yeah absolutely okay yeah i like bitter beer i think it crisps up the finish my like one of my objections to the northeast style is how sweet they can be yeah um and i i like like a beer to me like i love the finish like mm-hmm. my my family is a winemaking family and and like acidity is a big thing for them and it, bitterness plays a similar role in in these styles of beer and if you don't have the bitterness there and especially with like lots of yeast and lots of hops, like that really, really sweet finish mm-hmm. just it like ruins the beer for me. It's like I, I have this theory that people will decide at a pub to order another beer. Like you're sitting at the pub at the bar, right? And you have like an inch left in your glass and the bartender comes over and goes, Hey, can you, do you want to, do you want to have another one of those? And you, you know, swirl it and drink it well that beer is now warm and flat and been sitting there for a while <laughs> and if there's huge residual sugar in there yeah. that last swig doesn't taste very good that's your deciding yeah. swig so you're like nah mm. i'm gonna have something else so yeah. i've always made like dry bitter beer kind of for that reason yeah that makes sense so that style like i said it's new to me this wasn't a thing when i was working in production brewing before so we're feeling it out and we're kind of we're not doing anything revolutionary but we're trying to put our own little twist on it and the only twist is it's got a little bit of bitterness sure mm-hmm. that's the same thing we're doing here making dry bitter radio <laughs> just, yeah yeah with a lot of bitterness yeah. in, that, yeah. in that corner of the room certainly <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it works 
<laughs> well, let's talk about, before we move on to the next beer, let's talk about the base malts here a little bit because, um, you know, I've read about you, you're, you're, well, obviously we've talked about how you're into malt, but rather than use a lot of specialty malts, you like to mix it up with, with base malts. And yeah. I heard you mention uh, a, f- a couple different base malts in this beer alone, right? Rye. Uh, oh yeah, so yeah, so this beer, this uh, the pale ale has malted oats mm-hmm. from Simpsons. It has uh, malted uh, white malted wheat from uh, RAR, and then uh, it has a RAR two row for the base. Got it. Okay. And then uh, the two two of the lagers we have are Weirman based. I do a Vienna lager, uh, which we sell as a Mexican amber lager, mm-hmm. and a and the Pilsner, which you had. But then our light lager is actually a rice adjunct lager that I use RAR for the base on. Okay. And it's something I've always done. It started at Sacramento Brewing Company where I would go into breweries, especially in the late 90s and early 2000s, where all the flavors kind of trended towards the same. Like maybe this one was a little more amber and this one was a little bit hoppier, but the underlying flavor was just similar across the board. And changing up the base malts allows you to give a really distinct flavor in each beer. So even among the loggers, like intentionally, I, I worked in a, a domestic two row in one of them just so it would have a different base flavor. Okay. So, and and so why not achieve this? Uh, some of this with specialty malts too. It doesn't sound like you're anti-specialty malt, but you tend to to just kind of stick with the bases to do what you want. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so if I want like a bigger, fatter body, I'm looking at you know a Marisotter or a Golden Promise. Um, rather than going with maybe Munich malts or uh, a crystal malt. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I don't use a lot of crystal malt in my program, so I'm trying to get that depth and variance and flavor by, by changing up what the base of the beer is. Okay. Is your Mexican lager, Vienna lager on the lighter side if you're sticking to just base malts? Are you just yeah. using Munich? We are. It's a blend of Pilsner malt, Munich malt, and Vienna. Okay. Yeah, and that has a little bit of crystal malt in there. Oh, okay. You mean just lighter uh, SRM-wise, color-wise? Right, or, yeah, because yeah. it's hard to get to what the BJCP describe as the, the acceptable color for a Vienna lager mm-hmm. without using some dark specialty malt. I yeah, see. It's, on the, it's definitely on the lighter side. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's the next beer we got here? This is the IPA? This is the IPA. Uh, and this beer was uh, this beer didn't have a name for a long time. Uh, we were. It was in the tank and uh, still didn't really have a good name. Most of our beer names come from conversations that we've had in the brewery. They come from uh, a lot of them. There'll be song names, like uh, the name for the, the Saison we had earlier is Tomorrow's Verse, and that's from a, a fish lyric. Okay. So they come from inspiration from different places. And, like, the IPA we knew was going to be a popular beer because IPA just sells like yeah. crazy. So we're like, I'd thrown out a couple names that were clearly contrived, like, oh, this is a cool name, like, mm-hmm. we'll sell a lot of this. And they were immediately, like, without telling my my, uh, my partners about it, they were immediately identified in the list. They're like, these names don't fit. Okay. So <laughs> we were, I was brewing one of the beers, uh, I was brewing one of the beers, and our, our GM, Bennett, came around uh, into the brewing. He goes, hey, he goes, hey, Peter, how's it going? And I go, oh, it's like riding a bike. Mm. I hadn't been in production brewing for so long. Right. So and then this beer became like riding a bike. Nice. <laughs> and then you've already won an award with it, right? Yeah. So the, the Track 7 Invitational was yesterday, uh, and it's a, an IPA competition. And there were some, some real heavy hitters there. Like, I honestly didn't expect to walk away with anything. Like, yeah. It's the first IPA we've brewed on the new system. And, you know, it's 
Cellar Maker and Moonraker and and Alvarado Street and Pure Project wow. and, and all these you know beautiful you know just awesome hoppy brewers and we ended up getting third place in the West Coast IPA. What a category dick! You open beer. you grand open on Saturday <laughs> and you win an award at an IPA uh, competition on Sunday with like you said some heavy hitters. No, it's not my first time. But, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was yeah. just I was just really pleased. That, That's really cool. Yeah. Did this beer come out exactly how you wanted it to? Or it's pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah, yeah. There'll be well, there'll be some tweaks. I mean, we're we're gonna have the model where we're brewing different beers all the time. So okay, you know, like riding a bike may come back around, or I may brew something different next time. So like, okay, like riding a trike. Yeah, <laughs> like, like walking a bike like through the crosswalk walking. in parentheses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. AJ, the owner of a uh, bike dog in West Sac, uh, suggested uh, like walking a dog. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, we have have talked about dryness throughout the interview and different beers this one to me has the the driest uh finish yeah and, this is and down, flavor to it this is down to about two play-doh and again it was a little bit higher than i wanted really so like, yeah no i, I think I like you nailed about, it i like about one and a half like even when, on a beer like this this is me splitting hairs but Ooh, yeah it's all the the little things you notice in your your children but. it's about you being negative <laughs> no? yeah wow well, it's well, not negative when it's yourself oh almost, shit yeah <laughs> almost <laughs> negative one and a half i yeah. no i think you nailed it with this because yeah. uh it needs a little bit of sweetness still. Uh, you know, you got a good amount of hops in there and a good amount of bitterness, uh, and that's there. But the the dryness actually stands out to me. That's what I'm saying. Of all the yeah. beers, it, the dryness. Yeah, you, you would have fucked it up if you went lower than that. Beer. <laughs> this two, is the, two and is this is favorite. another one that's like dead simple. It's like base malt. I think I I forgot already, but I think you got a bag of Munich malt. So like maybe four percent Munich malt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Raw two row, and that's it. Okay. So, no dextrose I mean, or anything. No dextrose. Really? Nope. Then American Ale yeast and then Simcoe Mosaic, uh, primarily, but a little bit of Eldorado in the in the kettle. Nice on the hot side, mm-hmm. and some dry hopping. Oh yeah, this is this is dry hops like four pounds per barrel. You so you mm. filtered this one too? No, this is fine. Really? Yeah. Oh, findings. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. are you dry hopping there? Just dumping them in with the hops. Top? With hops, oh, I just, oh, with yeah, hops. with hops. I, oh, okay. I put them in the beer after it's. Oh, you yeah. put, it's you put the hops in the beer. Well, yes. but only after you open the vessel, so that there's <laughs> yeah. a way to put it in the. Oh, beer. so you don't just dump it on top of the fermenter? No, right? no you got to like. Uh, open I did it. it. <laughs> <laughs> the hops are still dry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this one. This one, I'll give a major nod to uh, Julian uh, Shrago at Beachwood. Uh, oh yeah, he's a good friend of mine, and what hey, we we nerd out about the same stuff and on um, process and like. We have epic texts about water chemistry and stupid <laughs> nerdy brewing stuff. Yeah. And uh, so this, I was down there. We brewed one of our opening collaborations with them. We made a, a saison together. Um, and while we were down there, I tasted, uh, I think it was Amalgamator. And I was like, dude, your hop aroma on this is absolutely stupid. Like, this is amazing. Can we talk about the process? So, like, he laid it out. And this is literally the Beachwood dry hop process. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And... Mine was very different. Like I always, like back in the Sacramento Brewing Company days, like I was dry hopping with like one degree Plato left in fermentation and mm. bunging the tank, and like that was the whole thing. Like this is before people were even talking about biotransformation, whether that exists or not. Like okay, I was yeah. just like, this works, so I'm going to keep doing this, and that's as much as I thought about it at the time. So I like went into this literally with this beer kind of formulated already, thinking that's what I was going to do, and then after tasting his beers at the pub, I was like. I'm going to try that. Like, yeah. just lay it out for me if if you don't mind. And he was kind enough to share. Nice. And uh, so, yeah, so his, his technique is getting as much yeast, making sure 
having proper pitching rates for a wide number of reasons is really important. Yeah. But specifically for hoppy beers, getting the yeast out of there actually enhances hop aroma. Interesting. So, like, normally, like, when home brewers come to me or other professional brewers, they're like, hey, you know, tell me about your hop aroma. And I'm like, well, what's your pitching rate? And they're like, what the hell does that have to do with Right, that? <laughs> right. So, Meaning uh, that you, you – just that the fermentation just happens as quick as possible? Is that what you mean by getting – No, it's not no. having too much yeast. Overpitched IPA. Like, I can taste overpitched oh. IPAs like, <laughs> out in the you know, in the market. What does it, it taste like? I see. It's it's more bready, and it's not the, – the hop aroma is muted. It's not hmm. as explosive. and It's not – it's a difference between, like, kind of round edges and clean and sharp. Hmm. It's a difference between, like, smelling the inside of a hop bag and going, like, oh, yeah, that's a hoppy beer. Okay. Hmm. And does that have to do with the, the hop oils binding to the yeast cell walls? I, that might be a thing. That's mostly isomerized alpha acids that are that are binding to the yeast oh, okay. cell walls. But I think it's really – it has to do more with this contact. Hmm. Like if you get the yeast out of the beer, then there uh, – if you dump – especially in the size of a commercial fermenter, you dump a bunch of hops into the top and they fall beneath the yeast cake, mm-hmm. then they're not – in contact with the beer hmm. so we did a lot of yeast removals before dry hopping we we're just trying to get the beer as clean as possible before adding the hops to it got it okay and that so makes sense you're not necessarily worried about uh the gravity at the time of dry hopping you just want yeah so fermentation it's, it's, is basically post, done. it's post primary it's basically yeah, post, post acid arrest Okay. And then, because of the massive amount of hops we're adding, it needs like another three, four, five days warm, uh, because you'll get a you'll see the gravity drop. There'll be another like secondary fermentation sure, that happens. Right. Yeah. Um, and diacetyl, when when yeast is growing, it makes diacetyl, so hmm. you have to keep it warm even longer. Sure. So yeah. Well, you deserve an award for this IPA. Good job. <laughs> a second I was award. afraid. I like I like lighter style IPAs. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is only six point two percent. Um, and I was afraid, like, oh, you know, it's going up against 7 and 7.5% beers. Yeah. So I was afraid it would be too little. Right. But this was, you know, you can brew beer to win awards, or you can brew beer to, like, the, what you want to drink or what you want to sell. And, right. Well, mm-hmm. in some ways, that might have made it stand out in and of itself, you know, like, as the styles change and things like that. It'll be funny to watch because it, it, it'll be one day, you, you know, you... And I'll put in the clearest beer, and people will be like, wow, this is, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> right. uh, and, you know what I mean? Like, in some ways, just going back to a nice classic, uh, fits to the style, uh, is the one that stands out yeah. among all of that. This one stands out for a number of reasons, though. That's a good beer. Yeah. But, yeah. You're going to sell a lot of that. It's doing all right in the pub right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's number, that's number two at the moment. You heard all this uh, Golden Road hubbub going around Sacramento, uh, yeah. read it in the newspapers. Oh, is the, that the new location? It's a new location, and that's, I, I don't know if it's real uh, or if it's really going to happen, but you know, a lot of uh, um, journalists writing about how the, the beer people might protest and, uh, oh. and, and boycott, not protest, but boycott uh, Golden Road. I personally don't see that happening because I think that the... The population of beer drinkers that give a shit and know, and you know, compared to the rest of the people buying beer, is is tiny. Yeah, yeah. Do you? you how do you think they're going to do there? Just out of curiosity. Well, Midtown Sacramento is really interesting. Yeah. It does not take well to chains. Ah, okay. There's very few fast food places. There's very few chain restaurants. Mm-hmm. And if it's perceived that way, then I don't think it's going to stick around. Right. Um. You know. Look. 
there are people who love coffee that go around and have all their little local coffee shops and small roasters and uh, won't go to a Starbucks ever, ever. Mm. But there are Starbucks in downtown Sacramento and in every city in everywhere. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> of course. And so, you know, it's really just a matter. It's a matter of what's important to you. Like, do you want to support, um, you know, a really large international company or do you want a mom and pop? Right. So, I mean, it's just I think it's a testament to the growth of the Sacramento brewing scene. Yeah. All the brewers that have come before them that got their attention enough that they want to open a spot in my city. Right. So, yeah, I mean, well, I was just curious for two reasons. One, just because it's your town and I wonder how it's going to go Two. I'm pretty sure they opened in the place uh, that I looked at for the hopper. They most certainly did because I know you looked at that spot. That yeah. laundromat. Yeah. Then no. I wanted to tear down and do a similar thing. I just couldn't afford it. Yeah. And it was a bummer. Did you want to do the container thing? I didn't want to do the container thing. I wanted to tear down the laundromat because yeah. it just the to, to to make that into something usable was going to be very expensive, very difficult. Yeah. But then still, even to tear down and rebuild. But I loved everything about the location. I love oh. the corner that it's on. The I love mid. Awesome. Awesome. It's surrounded by awesome, like, 1920s architecture. Yes, exactly. And like, and, like, these really cool old painted lady Victorian houses and then blue containers. It was, it, And now blue containers. See, I, I wouldn't have done that. It's uh, Yeah, just open, too. Oh. It was my number one pick of all the places I looked at Midtown was that corner. But I couldn't. I couldn't afford the building situation. You know, yeah, it was a bummer. Maybe if you um, rebuilt in shipping containers. Had I done that, but now, but see, Peter's right here where the, uh, uh, and, and maybe I would have done that because I can be a dumbass. But the architecture around the neighborhood is really nice, and mm. there, and there's even the laundromat itself had this cool. Cl- if I could have done something with that it building, like mini I would have kept buttresses it. up the side. Wow. You know, right, like, oh, a laundromat. Yeah. If yeah. I yeah, because <laughs> it was a full on like '70s style laundromat, and, and if butts. I if I could have done something with that, I would have kept that too. But anyhow, now you have all this cool stuff, and now you have a bunch of painted, dented, you know, uh, containers. Yeah. And uh, and golden. Uh, I'm all, I think I'm always sensitive to that because I'm a native Sacramentan and I love the architecture in my city. Right. Isn't so, that the sad forties? Yeah. Is that where this, this it, is? No, no, no. It's it's a bit down from there. Okay. Yeah. So it's at Nineteenth uh, Street. So forties forties are on in the fort like the forty yeah, yeah, streets. Yeah. So okay. I mean twenty blocks away, but yeah. What's the other location there? Uh, it's like a well, it's a street. Um, we we there, have streets. There are streets there. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's a grid, actually. Streaks. It has a name. Uh, oh, the streets have no name. <laughs> I want to say six. They're sixty-six. What? Or something. What? It's a whole Jeff thing. Warren. There's an arch. It's like would, uh, the ice. The ice blocks are at the end of it. What's that road? You know oh, the ice uh, blocks. Our yeah, our street. There you go. Not six. R. Yeah, yeah it's turned upside uh, down. Our or our street? Kind of, yeah, uh, our street. Like our house in the middle of our street. <laughs> How's that area doing? Because that whole, along. That whole thing was, up. was developing yeah. when I was looking too. Yeah. So our spot's like three blocks away from the R Street corridor. So okay. there's like Shady Lady, great cocktail bar. Oh yeah. There's uh, yeah. you know Ace of Spades, which is a fantastic uh, concert venue. Yeah. I love it because all the bands that go and play at like the Fillmore. Yeah. And come and play Ace of Spades. Yeah. And Ace of Spades holds, I think, a thousand people. Nice. So, like, even, like, uh, uh, like Alex Noel from Three Weavers, we were hanging out. And I'm like, hey, Frank Turner's playing at, like, a really small room in Sacramento. And she, like, booked the flight that minute. Oh, nice. Came up and went to a show with me. Yeah. So, there's cool stuff happening, like, all along that street. Um, and uh, and Ice Blocks is the biggest development there. Like, right. it's a whole new building. Like, the whole... Um, 
uh, you know, apartments above and, and retail right. on the ground floor kind of model that we're seeing in a lot of big cities. But how hazy so they is it? they offered the ice blocks to me, but I didn't like that that whole new brand new thing. And they also they wanted to put me around the back alley and do some weird shit. What I liked was the other end of our street. So leading up to it with all the again, there's an old theater, like an old brick yeah. theater. Yep. Um, I tried to get into that. So I was into all the old so school I, Sacramento I know, I know stuff the guys, too. I know the guys are going in the old brick theater. Okay. But but they, yeah, we looked at we looked at properties along there too. Yeah, but good area is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I really like the way Sacramento's coming up, and I like the ones that are doing it in the in the older buildings rather yeah, so than our, our building. Uh, at least part of it was originally built in 1942. Okay, so and we're like I said, we're three blocks off of off of our street. Got it. Um, so we're we like it. We're in a neighborhood, and that's been a thing. Like my uh, Rob, my business partner's restaurant is in a neighborhood. Yeah, and. It's something like it's a very European thing. Like we like the whole idea of all car- commerce is over here. People live over here. Is like it, it's not like it doesn't create walkable communities. It doesn't right. create like integrated communities. Mm-hmm. And so we love the fact that we're in a neighborhood and we're right adjacent to the nightlife, but we're not in the nightlife. Yeah, that's great. With with the the way the ABC works. Was that a risk for you, worrying about complaints? Because anybody within, what, 600 feet can file a complaint with your manufacturer's that be, notice. That would right? be true of anywhere that we opened, really, in downtown. It's really oh, yeah, a okay. lot of, like, mixed-use stuff. I mean, there's residences mixed up everywhere. Hmm. Um, but, no, I mean, we didn't have didn't have a single complaint when we when we posted. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're doing some things right, Peter. Like, you came out of Sacramento. You're doing okay. I don't know what happened to Shimke. <laughs> uh, liar. But, uh, all right, why don't oh, we do this? Uh, culture of We've got more beer to try, so we've got to take a break uh, so we can get to, the, uh, to that. Uh, okay. But before we do that... Um, you know, you homebrewers out there messing with jockey boxes, it can be frustrating. It's a pain uh, It's a pain in the ass. It really uh, is, actually. Well, Poncho's Brew Lab has a solution for you. Uh, Poncho's Keg Cooler. It's an elegant option for serving cold beer at social gatherings. Imagine a water cooler tall enough and with enough room inside to fit a five-gallon corny keg, uh, and including a small two-and-a-half-pound CO2 tank and regulator. Uh, add a beer faucet, and you have a kegerator on the move. You have Poncho's Keg Cooler. Now available at ponchosbrewinglab.com. Get $20 off on your Poncho's Keg Cooler, cooler purchase by using B-N-E-T, B-N-E-T, B-N-E-T as your coupon code. For additional information and answers to frequently asked questions, visit ponchosbrewinglab.com and check it out. I've seen this thing. It's pretty cool. Um you remember Tasty always bringing like his corny keg in a cooler, but like only right. half of it fit in the cooler. Right, just yeah. put ice in there. Pancho's keg cooler kind of solves all that stuff. So go check it out. We're going to take us a quick break. When we come back, we've got um, what is it? A mocha what do something? We have? Uh, mocha porter. Nice. Mocha Ooh. porter. Mocha porter to try. A little, little dessert for you. Peter's looking out for you, JP. I love porters, baby. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Yeah, yeah, 
Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do, all for under 300 bucks. They also feature the Mark II Work Pump, a magnetic drive high-temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much, as well as exclusive Brewer's Edge regulators and quality Keg King kegs and disconnects. Check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moylan's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Moylan's. The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, <laughs> nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. Yeah. It's to help you out. Yeah. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. got to try it on tap at Moylan's in Novato. They're freaking awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers! Boom! Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishef, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the 
Brewers Association at craftbeer.com. Also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. This is Matt Reynoldson from Firestone Walker Brewing Company, and you're listening to The Session on the Brewing Network. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for sticking in there. Stick it around. Thank you. Matt's a little guy, but he can really <laughs> stick in there. Oh, all the way from Paso. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sticking around. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you know that uh, IPAs are the most popular craft beer style in the U.S.? <laughs> I what? did. If you're looking to brew an IPA that's not like all the rest, though, check out Dick Cantwell's newest book, Brewing Eclectic IPA, uh, Pushing the Boundaries of India Pale Ale. Award-winning brewer Cantwell includes 25 original IPA recipes and categorizes over 200 unique ingredients to spice up your IPA. From papaya to peppercorn, beets to bog myrtle, and even cannabis, where legally available, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, there sure. are recipes uh, for all levels of brewing experience. Order your copy of Brewing Eclectic IPA, Pushing the Boundaries of India Pale Ale, by Dick Cantwell. It includes... Um, Order it on brewerspublications.com or wherever books are sold. Sorry. If you just don't want to be like all the other IPAs, just clarify. Just clear your beers. Just Just find them. Like the good old days. Right. There's lots of things you can do by going to brewerspublications.com and buying the new uh, IPA book. Absolutely. There you go. All right. So, Peter. Yes. First of all, I got another pint of your Pilsner because... (laughs) Had to. <laughs> because I'm not driving. It's so good. I'm not driving. Uh, second of all, we've got one more beer to try from you, which is a Mocha Porter. Yeah. Was this on our Nitro handle? Or just, yeah, this it was, is on okay. Nitro here. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Mm, the smell, the aroma. Coffee? Right. Yeah, is, like, is there uh, coffee in that, this? That okay. cold press shit that all the kids are drinking okay. nowadays is what it smells like. The cold press? Yeah. It just smells like coffee. Yeah. Because cold like brew, to me, doesn't have a whole lot of aroma. Oh really? Oh really? I think it does. Yeah, oh. yeah. I think I think so. To too. me, it smells a lot. To like me, this. I don't think it does. Well, you're wrong. You can't say <laughs> that you think that I'm opinion. that I think the other thing. <laughs> Settle Kim. down, guys. Kim wow. Shimkin. Hold Kim. my earrings, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm married. Can I borrow a hair tie, Bev? <laughs> and it tastes good too. It does. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Ah. Uh. Is there cold brew coffee? Let's did I, get, this. did I get JP with a couple of beers he didn't hate tonight? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't hate a lot of beers. <laughs> just doesn't talk he about doesn't, He also yeah. doesn't like a lot of beers. That's not true. But let me tell you what I didn't like. Uh, does it taste like... Is there is there cold-pressed coffee in this? Kind yeah. of. It's yeah. a cold brew process in the dry... Like, it's dry hopped with coffee after it's cold. So it's... Brewed in that sense, got it. in the beer. That makes so, sense. It's not, yeah. it's not like that's a concentrate. Much, it's almost the same, though. It's not a concentrate that I'm blowing in. It's in the it, actual beer. So I'm right. Beans, grounds, or just the Ground. liquid grounds? <laughs> For the coffee. I'm laughing at JP now. Oh, okay. yeah, good. I'm right. Yeah. That's JP's, all I want to know. There's not cold pressed coffee in it. Yeah. However, oh, okay. it is the same process, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just make it with the beer instead of with water on the side and then blow oh, it in. Okay. How long do you leave it in? In uh, the beer? Less than 24 hours. Okay. 
a lot of it in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It. Yeah, it's about 22 pounds in a 15-barrel batch. Okay. Wow. Mm. Yeah, that aroma is great, man. Mm-hmm. So is there any uh, chocolate in it? There are uh, toasted cocoa nibs. Okay. Okay. Is it in That's a the wonderful same beer. Uh, stage, or do you add that? No, beer? those go in before. They they can sit in the beer longer. They need to be in there a little bit longer to extract the flavor. Okay. And that's is that all? That's after fermentation. All yes. of that. Yeah. Yeah. All this is happening after primary. Okay. Got it. Um, I like this beer. Yeah. I'd love it on just straight CO two because I want a little, I want a little tweak at the end. We yeah, have we have but, both at the pub mainly oh, mainly for filling uh, crowlers. Like you can't fill a crowler or growler oh, no. off, off nitro. So oh, I yeah. do have like four half barrels that I did on, with CO two so that we can sell it to go. Got not it. having mm. it just be a flat mess when it gets home. <laughs> yeah. How do people like this beer? It's How do people pretty, respond to this? It's been pretty well received. Yeah? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, it's not lighting the world on fire on sales, but sales <laughs> never do. I mean, well, it's right. dark, yeah. 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 I mean, the, the, at Sacramento Brewing, we made it, uh, we called it an imperial stout, but it was only 8% because it was formulated in like 1998. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, it was a GABF winning beer, and I literally brewed it three times a year. Okay. Like we sold three batches of stout the entire year, <laughs> and that's it. it was yeah. on tap year round. Yeah, but you only brewed it three times. Yep. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I just know I know like dark just dark beers don't sell super fast. Right. So yeah. I wanted to do something. This was very much like Cafe Mocha inspired. Like I love uh, I love coffee, and uh, ironically, our, our general manager came from a coffee background. This is his first foray into beer. So like nice. He actually helped me select the uh, the roast that we used for this. Uh, we use the same beans in nitro cold brew that's available at our pub, so you can taste the beer and then actually have a nitro cold brew of the same, not the same beans that were in the beer, but the same roast. Because it's akin to cold brew. Yeah. <laughs> so you can taste them right next but to each other. But there's no cold brew in it. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I was right. <laughs> Do you use a local roaster? Just want to clarify. Yeah. So many in Sacramento. Yeah, we use uh, Camellia Coffee Roasters over on R Street in Sacramento. Cool. That was really fun because there's a whole law about um, there's laws in California about naming retailers and and uh, <laughs> like you can't call out you can't name a licensed retailer very easily. Yeah. There's all these very specific situations where you can. And our consultant was like, we said, hey, we want to use like a couple of these roasters. Like we're trying to pick who we're going to use, and some of them have alcohol licenses in their cafes, and they're like. You can't put it on the bottle. You can't put it on your menu. You wow. can't put it there. Like, they were like, you can't do any of that. Because they have the alcohol license versus exactly. a coffee shop that didn't? Yeah, because they have a permanent license in California. Oh, okay. Because they're, fa- they're potentially favoring a retailer. So yeah. Oh, that, because that they're could, co-branding. And, yeah. Well, no, the they're potentially favoring an account of theirs. The, sure, legal, right, the, yeah. legal, the right. legal language is you can't give something of value to a retailer. It's like anything and, and over 25 And mentioned cent. on their label yeah. would. Yeah. But... but how does but that, the brilliant thing is the spot opened like just if like we walk over there and get coffee almost every day. The spot opened like right by us with local operators making brilliant coffee and, and like at first I saw like an ABC posting for like a minute and I was like <laughs> we still want to use you but it kind of looks like you're getting an alcohol license and they're like no we're actually not going to do that we just want to do the coffee thing and I'm like even better we can name you now right so, perfect yeah mm. they've been great to work with like. They timed like the roasting for like what like this uh, the coffee that went in here was roasted like two days before it went in. Mm. They ground it to like our spec for us, and like they've been just fantastic to work with. So got it. H- how does that work with with breweries that do a collab, and one of them has a tasting room where they have guest beers on? Is it is it the same thing? Uh, breweries are manufacturers, not retailers. 
So, Even though they have a tasting room or whatever? Yeah. Huh. So, like, all day I can call out, like, uh, other breweries uh, publicly on social media, on advertising, on whatever. But, um, yeah, because they're manufacturers. Yeah. But Coffee Roaster that has a cafe... Is not a with manufacturer. With a retail license. Really? It's well, just the alcohol. They're manufacturing coffee, but oh, the ABC because doesn't it's, care about it. It's them. an alcohol license. Be, right, yeah. right, right. Okay, okay got, it, got it, got it. Because, again, the whole theory is that you would be favoring an alcohol retailer. Yeah. Right. That's an account. It comes from, so and, and it actually protects small. This law like is, is really frustrating, but it protects small brewers. So the, the idea is, like, I couldn't go to the Hop Grenade and be like, Justin, I want you to get rid of all beers except for mine, and in exchange, I will take out an ad in the paper right. that says "Buy my beer at Hop Grenade," and like it's it's because I'm giving him something of value yeah. in exchange for placements, mm-hmm. and so that's it's it's really to level the playing field because most of the independently owned breweries don't have the deep pockets that the international breweries have, right? And they could outspend us in a minute. Yeah, so, I'm dealing. Mm. We were trying to do. We are still going to do a uh, anniversary beer for the Hop Grenade here with a local brewery. And I was like, Oh, let's just call it Hop Grenade. It'd be cool. I'll license you the name. And they're like, No, we can't do that. Yeah. And I was like, Sure, you can. I'm going to license it to you. It's my fucking name, and I'm going to let you, you know, for one right. beer. It's fine. I'm like, now we we can't do that. Yeah, and I like argued with them for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said it was fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah, <laughs> but I, I I forgot that I'm a retailer. Basically, I just yeah. I was just thinking of the fucking logo and the name. It's a thing. Yeah. And, well, now we've lost all your listeners that don't don't own a bar or a brewery. <laughs> now I think people like to know that stuff well, anyway. And I thought I caught wind at CBC this year that there might be, as far as collaborations between breweries go, this year the TTB allowed some sort of. Uh, beer in bond sharing between breweries which would allow the collaboration beers to get passed between the two breweries mm. to where as as i understood it up until now whatever brewery brews the beer gets to have the collaboration and sells the collaboration right and the the, the other breweries just involved in name and marketing only but I, I i heard a couple of lawyers talking at cbc that there might be a change now to where you can sell the beer at both breweries. Well, now. that would be cool. It would yeah. make it more fun and more interesting for everybody involved, right. the, even the consumer. Yeah. Well, we have we have a full restaurant, and with California law, we're allowed to bring in guest beers. So mm-hmm. that was like a big thing. Like a lot. Like we have four collaborations we opened with. We brewed with uh, Bottle Logic, Beechwood, Three Weavers, and Fifty Fifty Brewing. Okay. And they all made uh, collaborations for our grand opening. Cool. And we're able to serve them because we have a full restaurant. You're just purchasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beer, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a total transaction. You know, we're buying the beer from them in yeah, keg, and then yeah. we get to serve it. We couldn't do that if we were in a warehouse with no kitchen, just. Uh, manufacturing facility. Right. There's like another little nuance of the law where when you have a restaurant, you can have guest beers. Yeah. But um, yeah, most most places don't have a restaurant these days. So mm-hmm. it's like you, you brew a beer with someone else and you, you just get to have your name on their package. Yeah. Right. And hope they don't sell to Anheuser-Busch before that beer comes out. <laughs> <laughs> or Heineken. Oh, yeah. Or Constellation Brands. Right. Well, the beers are tasting wonderful. If you want to brew beers like Peter, you should use yourself some good brewing software. You can go to beersmith.com and get uh, your free 21-day trial of the best uh, home brewing software out there. Uh, It's great recipe software. Beersmith.com. Check it out. Um, Right now, your beer is pretty much uh, just available in the taproom? Yeah, there's some limited distribution that we're doing. Uh, We've got a few few friends, like basically the, the distribution plan is to sell to places that we're friends with okay 
So there's no, like, our model was built to sell across our bar and, and at our restaurant. So, right. um, you know, places that we're friendly with, places that we like to eat, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, sell, we'll sell there. Got it. You but, got 17,000 square feet to just sell across your bar. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> I nice. think it'll probably happen. Yeah. But uh, no, it's been it's been nice. Like we've had a few people drop by and pick up beers already for a couple of Bay Area locations, and nice. uh, you know, the local local folks are interested as well. But I mean, we don't have a delivery truck. We don't have a delivery guy. Like the couple of keg, like I brought the kegs to Hop Grenade in my sedan. Right, so right. It's, you know. <laughs> well, I was gonna say you'll hear from me if me or my crew are passing through Sacramento. You know, yeah, Peter needs more of that pills. Maybe mm-hmm. another pale ale. That's the thing. I already got a backup batch. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can go learn more about it at urbanrootsbrewing.com right now. How big is your the system that you got there? We didn't even talk about uh, that. A 15-barrel brew house okay. with all 30-barrel tanks. Got it. So I can do... Why? Why, why? 15 and 30? Uh, I wanted the flexibility to make larger batches like when we get into distro. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I want 30 barrels of lager because it takes so long to make. I need it to last longer than two weeks. But you have to. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is, why not thirty and thirty? Because now you have because you have to double batch. Because well, that would be sixty. I just brewed. Uh, I just brewed a uh, an orange IPA, which isn't that weird, but is kind of bordering on weirdness. Um, I want the flexibility to be able to do small batches of stuff. Okay. And use different new and interesting ingredients uh, while at the same time making enough pilsner to mm-hmm. satisfy the, the beer garden. But every time you have to do that, you have to double batch. Yep. Basically. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can pop out a double batch, but I'm, I'm doing all the brewing. I don't have any staff at the moment. So, okay. Um, you know, I'm, I can do double batch in 10 and a half hours or oh, nice. I can do it over two days. You know, just take two days and fill the fermenter over, you know, day one, day two. So you're waiting a day to pitch your yeast. No. Back to feedback. No. 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 (laughs) You can pitch on day one. Yeah. Yes. And then add beer to it? Yeah. Then don't aerate the second day. Mm Oh. Okay. Would you over pitch? Yeah. I pitch pitch 30 barrel. I do a 30 barrel pitch on day one and then top off the second day and don't, uh, and then don't aerate. Mm -hmm. And you don't notice any, any difference in... And how the beer turns well, I out. Enough yet, so okay, to do I'll, it. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, let us But we used to do that at Sacramento Brewing. We had a 15 barrel brew house and all 60 barrel fermenter. So we filled them over two days, two one day, and two the next. And okay. that was our our technique there. Yeah. Do you have the space to go up to 60 barrel fermenters? Yeah. So you'd be quad batching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the fermentation pad that we poured is all engineered to to take 60 barrel fermenters. Okay. Um, and there's space immediately next to our brew house to drop a uh, whirlpool vessel. So if we start start getting oh, into gotcha. brewing 60 barrel batches will add vessels to the brew house to make that a little more efficient sure. sounds like you have space for a small village basically <laughs> it's yep. a big it's a big space yeah yeah i think Income. if the shit hits we the fan a, the big quake or something i'm moving into we got a big roots. basketball yeah. hoop uh you know in the uh, in the warehouse for us to shoot nice. around and, yeah <laughs> wait it's not regulation Oh, no, it's regulation. Yeah, not that kind of big. Right. Regulation wow. hoop. <laughs> it's a giant 12 foot hoop. I can make baskets and that shit. All of us can. Thank you. <laughs> Even me. Twitter game results? Yeah, let's do that. What was our Twitter game today? Uh, what would re- you... Pl- replacing Doc? Yeah, how would you replace... Oh, what would you do to replace Doc, or how yeah. would you go... I don't know, people kind of fluctuated between... So okay. just, you know, Doc and replacement times. Okay. <laughs> you ready for it? I'm ready. All right. Uh, Joshua Lashofsky says, I would be able to provide free, quote, unlicensed dental care along with being hardly understood. 
So, so Doc. More of the Doc. same. Yeah. <laughs> Doc's licensed. Uh, yeah, he's true. licensed. That's true. And he's very good. Let's get he that is. out of the way. He's yes. very good. Right. Yes. Uh, okay, right. good. <clears throat> uh, Clayton, our good friend Clayton, uh, writes, uh, interrupt, ramble, repeat what everyone else says, drink a lot, stir up some trouble, and I'll take care of all your dental needs. I have a Dremel tool. It's fine. <laughs> Bonus, I'll be Kim's friend. Thus, thusly, thusly taking the heat off of everyone else. I'll eat the key lime tort or whatever. That's like one tweet. Person. That's how one. long can tweets be now? Doc is Too not allowed characters. to play the Twitter game. <laughs> wow. That was Clayton, and if anybody can extend a sentence into a tweet, it's freaking Clayton. Okay? Clayton, right. I'm a fan of yours. Oh wow, wow. Okay. Uh, Jeff Angel says Angel 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 Angel. Jeff says I would stumble into the wrong show and offer my assistance. Because okay. I think he's done that before. I think he's done on Dr. Homebrew. That's for goddamn sure. What do you mean by stumble Jeff, into the wrong he just, show? He, like was, he, he thought was, it was the session? No, he was <laughs> out in the fucking bar and saw us recording a couple years ago and just walks in and starts blabbing about beer. And, <laughs> in the middle of it, like you guys were on air? No, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my God. That's Doc. Jeff or Doc? How did he last so long? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Tim Conlin, because you like him. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Tim Conlin says, without a prescription pad and a certain moral flexibility, can any of us truly fill them? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Good question. We, Thank you. We need a new doc. That's my number one. I don't even, I don't even know how to describe that except as number one <laughs> right. on my pad. Winner. That was deep. Um, JBC Brewing says, why not give the job to his ex? She got everything else of value. Oh. 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 New number one. Yeah. Well, well which isn't can entirely we two true. Ones? Doc hit a lot of stuff, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, Gordon Strong, our good friend Gordon Strong, yeah, just yeah. simply says, like a boss. Just fill his shoes like a boss. Like a boss. Okay. That's Gordon Strong. What are you going to do? Hang until Gordon Strong is wrong. (laughs) And then last but not least, Joseph Payne says, with whiskey, bad decisions, and bread, bra, blah, flavor for the flavy flavas, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. I had I had to call them. There were like five other ones, but it just it gets too convoluted. So, so cream I, of the crop. Yeah, I have four that I've marked here, I just, but my notes are terrible. The first one is all the traits that are Doc plus Kim's friend. Okay. So, right. yeah, that's from Clayton. Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. Right. That's something even Doc wouldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kim's right. friend. Well, if you're going to re- <laughs> If you're going to replace, yeah. you got to upgrade. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, then, of course, I have my number one, which is like uh, a prescription pad. And, uh, <laughs> How can you ever replace yeah. judgment? How can you be filled? Yeah. Um, then I wrote down uh, everything goes to his, ac- to his ex. Um, yeah. So she right. should be. And what was the very last one? Because I wrote that with one whiskey, really. bad decisions, yeah. and blah, 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 flavor for the Floyvy flavor. Yeah. Right. All right. I'm going to eliminate that one. Okay. Yeah. Because that's just another doc. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, so the first one is just another doc, but friend of Kim's. <laughs> Which is valuable. I highly value that. Right. We all do. <laughs> well. So you don't have to I, I vote for that one because those sacramentans have to stick together. Oh. There you go. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> he didn't say that. Oh. He didn't say that. Yeah, with my friendship bracelet. This is how you drive people away. <laughs> You, they say one nice thing and you just. And is you, this a trap? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's too late now. You didn't already give her your number, did you? Uh, yes, Peter, I will be a roommate with you. 
we will be friends. Yeah. <laughs> we, we will be we friends. Will be friends. Uh, what, what's this? Oh, it's a court order to be my friend. <laughs> you, it's a verbal contract. We entered into it when you accepted my <laughs> sentence as proper. Right. right. As Sacramentians. Yeah. The minute you said, I'm also from Sacramento, yeah. we became besties. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small town. All Kim right. forgot to enunciate. Sacramental is what <laughs> she's, yeah. Does anybody else, while we're doing it, let's just vote. Does anybody else want to vote for that one? You already. Which, you do, only Bevo gets two votes. I do think You're it's lucky fu- to get one. I think it's funny. <laughs> I'll vote for Clayton as well. Okay, I think it's funny. Clayton is the first one that was yeah. Doc plus Kim's friend. Yeah, he has a Dremel tool. Okay, that's three votes for He'll that. He'll eat the key lime tort. Bevo, are you voting for that one? You're voting for everything and Kim's friend. Yeah, Kim's friend. Yeah, Kim's friend. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like she really needs friends. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone wants you to have a friend. Some asshole on Twitter is like boosting her confidence. Well, that's it. I guess we don't even get a vote. We can't win. Do you want to say who you were going to vote for anyway? Uh, It was going to be the the middle one on your list. Without a prescription pad and a certain moral flexibility? Or his ex-wife. Yeah, that one. That one. I was going to vote for that one, too. Uh, But all right. Clayton is our winner. All right, Clayton. There you go. And really, Kim's today's winner. Right. She got a new friend. friend. I'm the winner. Is she, she the I'm winner? I'm going to go to bed smiling. She gained an imaginary friend <laughs> out, of, uh, the, out of Clayton's uh, tweet. Clayton uh-huh. is a real handle on and, the real internet. And a new Jesus. person to stalk in Peter. Right. Uh, basically. It's true. Yeah. So, Sorry, it's, Peter. I feel like it's your night. <laughs> it is my night. <laughs> Feeling really special. You've peaked. <laughs> Hopefully those paths won't cross. Justin, remember? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> true. You should tag Kim in your response to Clayton so that they can communicate. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, oh, Clayton's like, Clayton, you, you, no. you hate Clayton that much? She's like, I can't be bothered with that. <laughs> Two friends. All right. Hey, before you go, go to greatfermentations.com. They've got the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in the business using Blickman products. They offer top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on so many items. Check them out at greatfermentations.com, and be sure to like them on Facebook at GR8Fermentation, uh, and Instagram and t- uh, Twitter as well, uh, GR8Fermentation.com. <laughs> <Titter>? <laughs> uh, it's the pills there, man. I like it. Um, and finally, Adam and Eve is determined to help you spice things up in the bedroom, and they're backing up that promise. Uh, check it out. You go to adameve.com and get 50% off almost any item. Um, and when you inter- Hey, I thought you were supposed to order yeah, a I bunch of... I knew this of- was going to come up. Uh, <coughs> yeah. Come up. Hey, we're, let me do this do real a quick. Report. Okay. Uh, enter coupon code BNARMY at checkout. You get 50% off... Uh, uh, almost any item, but backed by popular demand, you're also going to get a free Big O kit, um, which includes exclusive Climax gel and a mini vibrator. Um, and fifty uh, percent off one item. Uh, BN Army. Coupon code BN Army. Adamneve.com. Yeah, what were you supposed to do? <laughs> Apparently, you gave me a hundred dollar budget. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. we were paying for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh. But here's the thing: I don't usually think in my brain there's not a connection between like stuff <laughs> oh, and the brewing network. Did we get that so. clean? Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Like when you start to feel naughty, you don't think of the, like the brewing network doesn't then enter your my mind. Then just goes whoop right mm, down right. when the BN comes to mind. So right. It's a really mm-hmm. tough balance here. Okay. Wow, you're really picky, aren't you? What were you supposed? <laughs> I forget what was said. Were you were you just supposed to order something? And, you said yeah. 
just the big O kit was one of them. Oh, because I wanted you to get the big O kit and see what that was all well, about. Well, and then she yeah. she has to report back on her on no, her he findings. Asked oh, report back. so if he was sure, sure. funding this, then right. The agreement but was I do want to make I do want right. to make it extraordinarily clear for our listeners who may not have heard this show. Yeah. Number one, this entire thing was Kim's idea. <laughs> Number two, yeah. it is true. That is not yeah. true. It absolutely you, is true. You that's volunteered. Like six Thank you, Warren. You volunteered. And number two, I asked repeatedly, "If are you sure you really want to do this?" Yeah, and you still kept I, with it, so you cannot back out. This is your entire. I did opinion. genuinely forget. I did genuinely and forget. And we tried to give okay. you more time than one month because we thought it might take you longer. It right. was only one month. One month is enough time for dildos. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's enough time. See, I Plural. already feel less sexual right now. Conversation. Yeah, yeah. I feel dry. Coming from Justin with all his dildo experience. One <laughs> month is enough. Maybe you should be the one reporting that. Yeah. <laughs> I have nobody to report with. Uh, I'll gauge it out. It'll be fine. <laughs> you got a butt. It's fine, it dude. Look, you have GP. Look, we're, off, does. we're off next week. We're not back until... See, I'm, out, I'm out for the Lakefront show. See, you just got off next week. There you go. Wow, it only took a week. Yeah. <laughs> Why not... Why not on June 4th? <laughs> it's the New Realm Brewing Company show with Mitch Steele in studio. This time you get Perfect. less time. I feel like that would be a bad decision. I'm pretty sure Mitch is listening because he texted me, and I can't tell you. I, I imagine he's really no. looking forward to that aspect <laughs> of the show. No, hard pass. He, he, actually, he did hard tell no. me that he's trying to come out here. He's not. So he may not, studio. but can you imagine this could Mitch sway the decision. Steele, oh. like the nicest, like he seems kind of shy a little bit sometimes. Right. I don't know. I just I can't imagine this conversation to happening to, to Shimke's Big O report. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I wish I had clipped my toenails first because they tore my sheets. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that means. How will I ever be able to get in the mood with this kind of stuff? It's never. It's never going to happen. I'm ready. I'm, I have my rubber underwear on for this moment in time right now. My toenails now. are clipped. So, June 4th? I definitely just threw up in my mouth. Cut, well, cut my toenails, I'm horny. <laughs> but not Can I tell you, the first I time I went it. on this show, I told my wife not to listen. <laughs> yeah, if you want your loved ones to still love you, yeah. it's best to do I mean, that. she should listen because Kim needs the help. Like a little, True. somebody on her side. Would she guys. be Kim's Wait friend? Wait a minute. No, I made a friend. To, I made two friends. You did not. Her I, la- her, I made an online friend. One of them is an imaginary friend. A character that doesn't exist. <laughs> the other one wants nothing to do with you, I guarantee it. Look at, look at him right now. He's barely He's on his, his phone. phone. He doesn't. He'd he might be texting me. <laughs> He's going through words with friends, making sure you're blocked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's emailing his lawyer right, right now. Hey. Right. Yeah. He's checking out my stuff. I got a notification <laughs> that I was tagged in a post. He's asking how. And it was Kim. Oh He's asking what the already. training order is. Hashtag this hunk's beer. Oh, I don't know what to drink in more, the beer or Peter's face. <laughs> Tune in next time. Uh, I'll have 60 barrels of that. <laughs> oh, that's so that was terrible. So, on the 4th, knock so me big, out and kick me out. Why keep pushing it for sooner? Well, you had a month. Are you, are you not around? When are you saying? I said Lakefront. Oh, I thought you said not Lakefront. No, oh, like, yeah. no because they're going to be on the show because of... 
that I mentioned them. And cheese okay. curds. Right? What? Are they really Whoa. Right Wait, we, are they bringing in cheese curds? He's, he promised. I will email him back. I will CC you on it. Okay. Oh. We're not promoting his stuff if he's on the show. How yet. many okay. cheese curds? Not right. just like uh, fucking two ounces You're of excluded. cheese curds. Oh it doesn't matter. God. You're so because... greedy in this room. Yeah. yeah. I'm not in that room. You're bringing things we never get, but how many? But how no. I need a lot of them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lakefront Brewing. That's your new deadline. Expect you back here <laughs> with a big O report. <laughs> Just like last time, we yeah. sent you away with that mission. Cut toenails. <laughs> yes, this, this, these orders are exactly like the orders I gave you a month ago. What kind of toenails do you have, JP? I have shitty toenails. But you know, like like when your feet curl, right? Like that's what I was trying to go for. I knew what you were going for. Thank you. Thank you. Just that you were going for it, like like at a senior citizen's home or something. Well, I, mean, I just have a very Renan Stimpy, like the close up drawing picture of your feet in my head right now. It's pretty much. Right. I'm it's pretty much what they are. Dumber. <laughs> what exactly? The drill bit. <laughs> Never. Oh, the grinder. Yeah. No, yeah. she's right. I got that yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I just didn't get it. I get yeah. both the Ren and Stimpy and mm. that one. If yeah. it was in the Love Guru, would have got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you learned everything you know about love. Into me, I see. Damn. Oh my god. Sorry. How many times have you seen that all? Fuck, like five times, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love that movie. Peter Hoey, thanks so much for being on the program once again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can go to urbanrootsbrewing.com and check it all out, or just go to Urban Roots Brewing and Smokehouse and get yourself some food and beer, yes. which I would love to do. Let's go right now. All right, that's it. I think by the time we make it, we'll just tag along with, uh, with yeah. Peter. Just open the door and leave us here till the morning. Can we uh, stop by on our way up to NHC? Uh, oh, I don't see why not. Let's go for a beer. That sounds like a good idea. Oh, God. You mm. The you. first one in 13 does, years. Does Kim have to be there? <laughs> you know what? That's a good idea, Only Kim. I think the BN staff <laughs> will do that. We'll, we'll retreat from you. <laughs> she's going to just she's gonna see it on JP's social media. Like, what the fuck? That was my idea. Oh, no, my new friend who's in the know now will text me. Yeah. Hey, there's Peter, a don't give us there. away. Yeah, I'll be like, where are you? <laughs> I didn't know about it. <laughs> oh. Okay. Is uh, it, though? How do you rewind a DVD? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. Adam and Eve. It was a... No. Because uh, she'll be busy at home rewinding a DVD, but she can't... No, Sorry. That. It's okay. It's because it was a swing and a miss. She's yeah, not going to do... We'll be I explained it. It's fine. It's fine when you it's explain fine. it. Yeah, it's fine. It's so much funnier when you get the explanation. Knock at the window. <laughs> All right, Peter. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we hope, hope we see you soon, uh, both at your place and, and then maybe back down here, too. Sweet. Yeah, for sure, man. Beers are great. Yes. Yeah. Very good beers. All right, we're off next week for Memorial Day, or just because we can. Um, and we'll be back the week after that with uh, Mitch Steele's new brewing company. And we'll be back the week after that with the Big O Report. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Thank you to Peter Hoey for coming in from Urban Roots Brewing Company in Sacramento, California. Be sure to check him out on the web, or if you're in Sacramento, California, hit him up at urbanrootsbrewing.com. I didn't really uh, do the rest of the plugs, Justin, so I'm just going to keep signing off. Follow everybody on Instagram, but more importantly, follow me. Uh, and then follow the Brewing Network on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all the places. Thank you very much. Have a pleasant evening.
Just comes on my sky and wind. 